Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show again. As usual, we're going to start it with some fire, some energy, even though we got some bad news that we're going to have to share with you all a little bit later on. You know, Phil, it's, a, it's, a, it's tough. It's always hard to say goodbye. You know, it's not easy, but the show must go on. Musashi Kids Radio, I'm not talking about goodbye to you. Come on, be serious. But let's start the show. Um, are you good to go? Sound of the them. Hey, 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 Water them, water them, water them, water them. Right. Welcome to another episode of Two Broke Twimbles. We're back one more again to bring you some flavor in your neighborhood. My name is Danny, that guy, a.k.a. Dennyas, a.k.a. the only guy, a.k.a. your girlfriend no longer pities me, a.k.a. It's a good thing this podcast is not owned by Mark Zuckerberg. Because, mm. yeah, no, things are tough, eh? Things Sprung are tough. Ah, no. Uh, I logged on. People are struggling. I went to Reddit and I, I saw that there's that meme of, of the black dude just standing in front of a server. <laughs> <laughs> I, I died. I died. <laughs> Yo, did you see that? Did you see the... Um, let me find it. Did you see the Zimbabweans' res- responses to his, his, his post on Facebook? No, we'll be... <laughs> Why must Zimbabweans continue to embarrass us? No, this one was actually <laughs> funny. This one, this one killed me. Let me I'm loading but it up did now. Did you hear... So, did Mark you, did Zuckerberg you, post... Yeah, go for it. Goes, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger are, are coming. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Mm, mm, let me get it right. Mm. Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, and Messenger are coming back online now. Sorry for the disruption today. I know how much you rely on our services to stay connected with the people you care about. And then, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to name him by name. Watanga Washi responded, said, <clears throat> You don't owe anyone explanation, Mukoma Mark. Masin in day and you. Aya, Moita Jamuno da nao. Kanamuchi da zimai footy. I killed me. But did you hear did you hear some of the explanations that came out during the whole mess up? They were like they couldn't open the Facebook doors because the Facebook doors are on the Facebook yeah. system. So I I I, I, like, uh, I I was actually just waiting. I, I'm I, today has been a really really busy day, but I think tomorrow I'm going to start looking at um, some of the reporting because I, my initial sus- suspicion is this was just a penetration test from 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 a state actor probably, and it worked because for. for for your DNS to stop working, because Facebook uses their own internal DNS system, right? For your DNS to stop working, fam. But, uh, I, I I knew in the obviously I knew that it wasn't possible, but in the back of back of like the far back of my mind, I was like, how interesting would life be right now if somehow it was gone forever? Like, what would happen next? Oh, it would be peace, chaos, Philip. Peace and quiet. It would be chaos and then peace and quiet. Peace and quiet. I was wishing, and I knew there's no way. Obviously not. There'd be but no chaos. Imagine people, though. No, what would happen is people would just sign up for Twitter and Reddit and Mastodon. Like the world will go on. Granted, granted, I think the hardest thing would be, um, 
you know the the elderly family members who aren't very tech savvy who don't read the news that they are understanding yeah, that know. whatsapp is down or people being able to because to be honest like so, people now budget their communication via whatsapp like they buy their weekly bundles for whatsapp they, that that's their their date that's their airtime so i think that's where i was that's why i was like okay this is kind of sad because can you imagine if you if if at that time when whatsapp was down that's all you had and you had a medical emergency or a family emergency and you had no way to reach anyone because you had for the past five years the way you'd been reaching people was via whatsapp for example that's what i was like Eish, okay that's rough but then at the same time, we've had network they outages before. They, they won't die, Philip. They won't die. Well, <laughs> let's, let's hope that most people won't. I mean, it will just be a hard reset. It will be a little uncomfortable for a while. But I, the, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot Mark has to answer for. But anyway, here we are. Philip, you actually haven't done your intro. Eh? Yes, that's an easier with one. No, the unmistakable, the irrefutable, the unquestionable, the flame, flossy bull. Big boss, baby. AKA Pizza P, AKA Sexington Lovu, AKA Shamari, the Tanker River Drinky, AKA Sexington Lovu, AKA my names are all jumbled up today because it's been a busy day and I'm confused. But you know, it's me, that guy, not Danny, but the other one. Hi. Mm, 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 mm. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Two Broke Tumbles. Hey, I just wanted to quickly address something. Uh, if you if you have joined the podcast in the last couple of months, you may be a little confused about our intro. Um long-time podcast uh, listeners will know why that intro became what it was and evolved into what it was. But just to catch you up, just so you know what's up, I, you know, I, I don't like the idea of our listeners being confused. You see, we realized that we wanted to start the, start the podcast with high energy, with gusto, with, you know, with the, the, right, the right vibes. So we wanted to introduce, and, and we thought, you know, which culture do we know that really embodies energy like that? And being in Zimbabwe, you know, the dancehall culture really... It really it, it, it injects energy into your spine. You yeah, know? yeah, into the spineal gland. That's what that's what they call it. So this is why we were like, let's start. Let's just start the podcast with the right energy. That way, you know what I mean. Otherwise, you know, if we're having a bad day, you're like, oh, hello, guys, welcome. We hope you are well, and we hope you have prayed today. Anyway, let us now get into the topics of the day. But first, topic, a word from our sponsors. One. <laughs> so, um, as usual, we like to start the show with Zimbabweans doing it big. We're going to do it a little bit different today. Uh, let me just mention one, a, a bonus fest before we go into our interview. Um, I'm going to mention Zimbabwe's Ishmael Tsakatsa, who is currently showcasing at, or well, has just up till... Last week, been showcasing at Paris Fashion Week. Paris. His collection called Stones of Fire. Paris Fashion Week. His collection called Stones of Fire. And, you know, the world is going gaga over his collection. And the, the, the big fashion names in the world are currently looking at his collection. And they're like, wow, this man is just full of fire. Hence the name Stones of Fire. So shout out to Ishmael Tsakatsa. Proudly Zimbabwean, everywhere he goes, he calls himself Zimbabwe. He's the founder of the fashion house Zargesia. Mm. Nice. Shout out to him, man. Yo, I, I saw those photos. I saw that article, man. Good looking. That, that's what's up, man. Shout out to him. That's what's up. The article was in Forbes, by the way. Psst, come on. Now, money moves. You know how we do. Money moves. Mm, 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 mm. So, um, Phil, you managed to have a conversation with our next Zimbabwean doing it big. 
Indeed, 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 indeed. And I also got a free children's book. Great. So, so we are going to now get into um into our Zimbabweans doing it big interview. Now it's brief, um, but we are happy to introduce you to some Zimbabweans doing great things. Mm. Enjoy. Shout out to USA. Welcome back to Two Broke Tumbles. And this week we've got a little something different, a little something special. Um, as we continue to grow the podcast, we reach a wider audience. You know, what I mean, we've got notable people uh, getting in touch and us getting in touch with notable people. You know, like we've got tired of it being a one way conversation with our Zimbabweans doing it big. We're like, what if we invited um, someone who, who, who's representing? who's doing big things onto the show so they can tell their story in their own words as opposed to us just reading a bio. And today we've got a, a, special, a special woman. Yewezo. Um, there you see? Got it. Got it. You got it. She's an author um, and she runs uh, Pelisa Creatives, which is a creative media company that amplifies black and African voices. And as you know, at, at, at Two Broke Trumbos, we're all about the African voice, black consciousness, you know what I mean? Spreading knowledge to the diaspora and our melanated people. <laughs> so without saying too much, Yevo, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're doing and why you're on the show today? Awesome. Thank you so much for that awesome intro, Phil. Man, you should be my, my hype man going forward. That, that, can be um, that can be arranged for a yeah, small fee. Like a, I can like follow you work. around. You know, 100%. The, the same way that dude used to follow around Jacob Zuma and introduce him in Parliament, I'll do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Um, thank you for having me on. It's an honor. Um, I love what you guys do, and so it's an honor to be a guest. Um, as you rightly said, I am Yevedzo um, Titigas Banda. Um, if you follow my um, my my work as an author, you'll probably know me as Yeve, which is just a shortcut, um, a nickname. Um, shortcut of Yevedzo. Uh, I am proudly Zimbabwean, mm. born and raised. And um, for the past, oh, for a long time, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna give you numbers and all, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna give away too much. Um, for a long time, I've been based uh, out of the U.S. Um, and so this is my adopted home. This is where um, my husband and I are raising our family. We have a three-year-old girl. Her name is Ninana, and she is the uh, inspiration behind Kalisa Creative. So in a sense, she really is the reason I'm here because um, she propelled me to become an author. Um, and that was because I wanted to um, ensure that she had quality material and resources to learn about her culture as a child growing up in America who will be identified and identify as an American. I didn't want her to forget her African roots, her Zimbabwean roots. Um, and specifically, we wanted her to know um, her two primary languages, the languages that we speak in our household and our family speak, that's Shona and uh, Ndebele. And so after a long search, I decided to write a book um, on those languages. And we can talk a little bit more about it, but um, that's why I am here. I'm mm. glad to be here. That, that, that's, that's a wonderful story. And I think it's, it's really important because when you were growing up in the diaspora, culturally, um, it's very difficult for, especially a child, to remain grounded because they have no reference point outside of what goes on at home. 
So before you even wrote the book, like what were you and your husband doing at home to try and give your child any cultural grounding? So the book actually was birthed when I was pregnant with her. So Mm. um, we hadn't started doing anything because she wasn't born. However, the two of us um, just on our own, like in our household as, as, as married people, um, we very much um, were, you know, connecting with our roots and culture from food, um, from, you know, trying as much as possible to speak our languages in the home, um, <clears throat> connecting with others uh, from Zimbabwe and the continent um, in general. Uh, and honestly, everywhere I am, uh, everywhere I work. So by profession, I'm an, I'm an attorney. Um, and everywhere I've ever worked, it's, it's just undeniable that I'm from Africa and I'm from Zimbabwe because my office is always filled with art and, you know, things like that from Zim. So we just always presented very loudly that we were African, we were Zimbabwean. And so, um, you know, it was a natural thing for us um, to then be like, of course, when we're raising children, we kind of, you know, we want them to, to also be proudly African. Um, so, yeah. But you're right. It is really hard. It is really hard in the diaspora um, to raise a child, even having written this book. Um, it is difficult because it is, you know, our languages are unlike other um, languages spoken um, here in the U.S. So, you know, Spanish, um, for example, is widely spoken in the U.S. And so if you are a Spanish speaking person um, from anywhere else in the world, right, coming here and raising your kids and wanting them to be immersed in Spanish is not going to be that difficult because there's so many opportunities for that. But if you are Zimbabwean (laughs) and you're trying to teach your child Shona, uh, or any of the other Zimbabwean languages, you will be hard pressed to find resources, community, all of that, right? And so it's difficult. It really, really is. At school, I mean, they're learning English and they might learn Spanish, German, French, Chinese, but I guarantee there are no African languages on that list. So Mm -hmm. it makes it very, very difficult knowing that our kids spend most of their time at school. So you've got to really be creative (laughs) in, uh, in, uh, you know, devoting time and resources and stuff to making sure that they learn. Okay. Um, and you know, you know what we love on, on the show is, 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 is a proactive person, a proactive, woman. you know I mean? You identify the problem. And you're like, I'm not going to wait for anyone to solve this for me. I'm going to do it myself. So tell us about this book and how it can help um, Zimbabwean parents in the diaspora and maybe even the random person who's just interested in Zimbabwean culture. Absolutely. I'm so glad you said that because, so here's the book. You can see it. The listeners can't, but we'll show them pictures. I, I'm um, sure my signed copy is like in the mail. So I, oh, of it course. hasn't arrived yet. Of yeah, course. it hasn't arrived yet. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it takes a while, but yeah. It takes a minute. <laughs> so you got to be patient with it. Um, So this book, I aimed it um, as, I, I portrayed it as a family book, first of all. So it's not just for children. It's a family book. Why I say that is, Um, I have countless customers who either speak one of the languages, but not the other, Mm -hmm. or customers who, like you said, are not from Zimbabwe at all, are not African at all. (laughs) And they just want exposure for their kids to 
um, other things other than whatever they normally, you know, read. They're advocates of diversity, equity, inclusion. And so they're like, yes, I want this book. Um, and or they are Zimbabwean and they're married to or have friends who are or associate with people who are non-Zimbabwean and this is a great book for them, right? So it's like a variety of people who mm. have bought this book and who enjoy this book. And I wanted it to start off with just simple words, very simple. So it's phrases and um, sorry, it's not phrases. It is just words and they are um, partnered with cute illustrations to, you know, explain what the word is, because if we're talking about kids, they learn best, especially at a young age from illustrations. And so that's kind of why I, I did that. Um, and then it's almost like a dictionary, if you will, um, because we walk through the story follows a little girl named Rufaro and her little brother um, through their daily activities. And so you get words for clothes, you get words for, you know, transportation as they go to school, um, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's like a little dictionary. And so it's super helpful in that way. Um, and then the other thing that is really important about this book, and I'll show it to you again, Phil, is you look at the picture here. What do you notice about the characters? Black. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, and it is shocking, but most children's books do not feature a diverse character. Most children's books do not feature a Black character. In fact, most children's books feature animals first before they feature humans. And then when they do feature humans, those humans are not Black. Mm -hmm. And so it was very important for me, for representation, for my daughter to have a book where she could look and say, you know, that's me. And in fact, that was her reaction when, she, when we first got this book and she met the two main characters. That's Rufaro, that's Njabulu, her brother. Um, and so she was like, that's me. And that's exactly right. You know, our kids need to be able to see themselves represented um, because it's important for so many reasons. That's a whole nother podcast we can get into, right? Um, and so this book is important for those reasons. And then to the category of people that we talked about who are not Zimbabwean or African, why it's important for, let's say, a white person to pick up this book or an Indian person, whatever, um, is so that they can see something outside of themselves, right? There's a concept called mirrors and windows. For mm -hmm. Black kids, this book is a mirror. For kids that are non-Black, it's a window so they can see into the world of somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. And then the last reason why this book is important for our kids is, especially in the diaspora, those who may not have gone to Zimbabwe or Africa or who, you know, haven't been as often or whatever, this book transports you to Zimbabwe, it transports you to Seten Harare, uh, which is where I grew up. Um, and it transports you there. And a few things are, are, are amplified in this book. One of them is that Africa and Zimbabwe is not a place where everybody's walking around barefoot and tending to cows and living in poverty, you know? So that is also an important aspect that I amplify in this book, because while that is part of the story of Africa and Zimbabwe, poverty exists, right? And poverty exists even here in the U.S. That is not the only narrative. And so I wanted to push that narrative because that narrative, I believe, is overplayed. And so this book 
is another way where I'm just celebrating where I'm from and celebrating Zimbabwe. And I want to show kids here that, hey, it's very similar to what you know. There's cars, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, there's chairs and classrooms, all of that. And so that's really those are some of the reasons why this book is important for our kids and kids that are not like ours. And then just generally for us as people, right. Even if we're not kids. Mm, Definitely. I agree with it. 110%, which is why we even decided to get you on the show. Um, I love it. I love it. I love it. So if, if, if a parent is listening, if someone is listening and they want to support your work or they want to buy the book, where do they find you? Oh, I'm excited. I'm glad you asked this question because now Uh, There are so many places to buy this book. Um, I'm going to list a few, but, you know, when this airs, we can share more. So um, I have a website called www.pelisacreatives.com. You can buy the book there. That is the surefire way to support me as a creator, as a creative person. We all know it takes money to put our art into the world and writing a book is no different. And so if you buy the book from the website, that money goes back into my business. And so that is a surefire way to support me. Mm -hmm. However, because we are making this book accessible to everybody, you can buy this book on Amazon, okay? Um, and no matter where you are, you can buy it on Amazon and you'll get it like that, right? If you're buying it from my website, it's going to take some time, um, because I'm not Amazon. Um, and I will say there's also an ebook version. So you can download this book and get it no matter where you are. We ship worldwide as Pelisa Creatives. Um, And then I have a few exciting partnerships with people based in Harare, Marondera, some stores that also carry this book, including Tiny Textures, uh, Kids Hair Salon, um, Sengua, Best Buy Books in Harare. And so really, you can get this book anywhere. Um, I'm also on social media, Police Creatives on social media. And if you have trouble remembering any of that, you can just follow us or or find us um, on social media and you can find out, you know, all of these things about where to get the book. So, yeah. And then very soon, Phil will have a copy that, you know, he'll showcase to people as well. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm, it's already been sent. I know this. I mean, you know. Yeah. That's why I said very soon. <laughs> That's why I said very soon you'll have one. Thank you. We look forward to it. We look forward. And thank you so much for joining us. And, and once again, thank you for what you're doing. You know, um, representation is really important and we're glad that, uh, one of our own is, is taking the, the bull by the horns, as they say. So, yeah, shout out to you guys, man. We, we love it. Thank you so much, Phil. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. This was incredible. I really appreciate you and what you're doing. Um, so keep keep doing it. And, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. And there we go, guys. Don't forget to follow Pelisa Creatives. And don't forget, it's Pelisa spelled like Phil because it's P-H-I-L-I-S-A Creatives. We yeah, and that 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 was our uh, uh, my chat rather with the founder of uh, Pelisa Creatives here. Um, I'm just I'm still waiting for that book though, but you know I'm sure it's in, it's on the way. No, I'm, just jo- I'm just joking. A uh, uh, guy's been in touch. Um, Dan, I'd I'd also asked for a book for you because you know, like for me, I'm getting the book for my nephews. For you, it's for your it's for your your, your nighttime reading. So hopefully it arrives soon. No worries. I, you should probably get an extra because, you know, I, I, I'm praying children into your near future. I want you to be happy, Philip. 
And, you know, when you do have children, at least you'll have a, ch- a children's book. That ain't funny. Them. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. No, that ain't funny. And, a little and, funny. and considering the amount of dad jokes you drop. <laughs> like, it's a little funny. <laughs> it's a like, bit funny. I'm telling you, the amount of dad jokes you drop, one day you might just, you, you, you'll just manifest a child just because of the dad jokes. <laughs> I actually do want children, just not yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet, not now. Even but me. you know, someday. Even someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do want children. I mean, I'm a man. Anyway, I'm in no rush. Um, my my granddad was having kids well into his eighties, so you know, uh, you know what I'm saying. So uh, this is a great episode because um, we had a we had a conversation with um, some artists doing big things. Um, if you've been watching Netflix recently, then you're going to enjoy the interview. Oh wait, full, full. Sorry, completely forgot. Completely forgot. Um. I just want to run something by you quickly, and this, is a, this will be a brief conversation. Considering what's currently trending on the timeline, it's made me a, a little aware of interactions that I had with someone. So um, uh, I, I really need to, to, to blur out identities here, so pardon me. There was a certain lady who revealed to me that someone that we both know um, was aggressive in his advances thankfully he never did anything but she did feel very uncomfortable so it's something that at the time when i was told this story um Wait, you know, this I, recently? Was, I felt no this is um yeah a couple of months ago oh so it was recent oh who's the person Re- relatively recently no i'm no phil this is this no is, uh, you know mouth it to me even so though the mic doesn't see Philip, <laughs> just follow, follow along with me. Okay. Um, the person, so the person told me this story, like, ah, you know, that person came on a little strong, um, you know, he was a little aggressive with his uh, interest, and I turned him down, and thankfully he eventually took my no thank you for what it was, but I didn't feel comfortable with, wha- with how strong he came on. And I felt a little bit uncomfortable because the, she then also asked me, oh, by the way, this is just between us. So now I was in this dilemma of, should I confront him? Should I, obviously I can't because she said it's just between us, but I also don't feel comfortable with the whole arrangement and situation. And thankfully nothing happened according to her words, but it's still something that I felt a little bit uncomfortable with. And with currently what's trending on the timeline. Um, have you ever had to have a conversation with someone else about... Uh, um, the things that surround rape culture and had to have a conversation with the guy to explain to him what you're doing is in that line. Is that even a conversation that is haveable? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I've, I've, I've had it. I've even had a conversation where someone felt uncomfortable around me. Um, Many years ago, um, someone I met, we hooked up. She was just like, she's not comfortable going there for going where it was supposed to go for a certain reason. And I was still of the mindset like, you know, just, you know, persistence pays, which is very problematic. Um, and I, I've since apologized to her after realizing what I was, what, what I was doing. And, um, and I obviously had to atone for it. And yeah, so I think culturally... Like some things, you, you without even realizing them, you just regurgitate what you what like what you're taught or what what you hear, and you don't even stop to think. And wait a minute, oh, this was wrong because 
and b- by the time I had the conversation with her, um, the story, like broken telephone had happened so many times that the story had been so far removed from what actually happened. It was a totally different scenario. So instead of like playing he said, she said, I just went to the source and I asked her, yo, realistically, okay, no, honestly, rather, what happened? And then she explained, she was like, I was feeling a little uncomfortable. Like I was, I was, I was comfortable around you because I was attracted to you, but I just felt like you're pushing the point a little too far. And that was, that's a hard thing, especially like when you think you're in the right or you think you haven't done anything wrong to hear someone say, because I personally never want to be in that situation where someone feels coerced or uncomfortable around me. So it took a lot of hard questions, like a lot of hard learning. Um, um, and even now, like talking about it, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not proud of it. I'm very embarrassed by that, but I'm, 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 I'm at least glad that I was able to have the conversation with that person. And I'm I'm glad that they were all able to hold me accountable. And I'm glad that I was able to listen and make the necessary changes because uh, I would, I would hate to continue operating. Cause like, imagine like if you do that to one person, then you do it to another person, then another person, then you've got like four people with a similar uncomfortable experience um, with you. That's, 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 that's not the type of energy you want in the world. You know what I mean? It's not the type of person you want to be. So certainly not the type of person I want to be. So yes, I've had to have those conversations and I've had those conversations had with me. Uh, so, yeah. So I think, um, thankfully, because, you know, Phil, you, you and myself have both sort of been exposed to um, the right way to see these things. And, it, you know, we're able to get into that, to, to understand where the wrong was done. But I think you're right. Like a lot, of, a lot of mindsets, and this is no excuse. It's not an excuse. I'm not saying it, that this, this excuses people's behavior. But like Phil said, a lot of mindsets are us simply repeating what we saw around us as normal. And it, sometimes it takes the realization that, wait, this is actually wrong. So, for example, I remember in, in my late teens, early 20s, the idea or thought process of get her drunk was, it was a very common thought process around us, right? That, nah, you know, to make things easy, you just got to make sure that you get her a little drunk, you know, give her some shots, whatever. And that's so problematic because, I mean, that's a form of coercion in itself. And so the reason I'm asking is, okay, fine. Myself and yourself are in a position where if something like that happens, or if, if such situation happens, we can look back in our past and say, okay, when I did this or when I said this or when I was enge- involved in this, that was messed up, that was wrong, cool. What about someone who hasn't had that enlightenment moment yet? So literally, literally we, the mindsets that we used to have that we have been able to get ourselves out of. Someone who's still in that mindset. Dan, how, many, how many friends let me, do let, I have? Let me, let me, let me no, also, I'm, I'm let me also like qualify. Dan, no, I'm, I'm genuinely asking, Dan, how many friends do I have? You've lived with me. How many friends do I have? I don't know, man. You know. Uh, I don't know. No, There's you Nasha, know. Then, um... <laughs> By Sh- uh, Shupi. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to check on Shupi. <laughs> yo, Shupi was at the worst <laughs> luck. Yo, I've never met someone with worse luck than Shupi. Every week. Ah, Kwashaika. Kwashaika. Ah, cousin, brother. Yeah. Shupi had a rough life. Remember? Remember? Do you remember okay, when? We're not making a lot of Anyway. We're joking because 
um, Shupi was always looking for an excuse not to work. So he just kept killing off relatives. Till he got to the point where he killed off his whole family. His family was decimated <laughs> by some unknown plague. <laughs> they were not really. Anyway, so my point is, okay, so I would like to believe, and maybe I'm naive, I would like to believe that there are obviously some terrible men, many of them, who are rapists or rape apologists and all of that. Then there's a section I would like to believe of a lot of men who are not that. They've just never given thought to the culture or the, the environment that they live in. And I'm talking about someone in that group who they haven't done anything, but they regurgitate mindsets. They regurgitate thought processes that are in that mindset. Having a conversation with someone like that is so difficult, especially if they've made someone uncomfortable. So now I'm thinking, how do I even, how do I even bring it up? Like, listen, yo, uh, I can't tell you who, but um, um, I've heard that you made a woman feel uncomfortable with your advances. You know, Dan, it's times like these I like to refer to the scriptures, you know. Um, I think it's 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11. Um, I was, you know, rough translation is when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I set aside childish ways. And I say all that to say, I, the stories I'm relating are literally from a decade ago. I'm now in my 30s. Like, it, I, I got to a point in my life, I was like, wait a minute, I need to stop and ask. Like, if you do something and you can't ask yourself why you do it, and like, if by the third why you are style, like you, you now don't have any answers, then you need to start questioning why you have that belief. So I always like now, especially when I, whenever I do anything, like just because of mindfulness and meditation, um, and and also therapy. Before I do anything, or before I, I I like I I process a thought or I even speak on something, I'll ask myself why do I think this, and I'll work backwards and ask myself Socratic questions until I get to the root of it. And then if, if I'm okay with the root of this thought or this action, then Phil, I'm good. Phil, I, I hate to interrupt you, but notice how each time you're talking about your own journey and great, you've made that journey. But, and I, I would like to believe that I have as well. How do you help someone else make that journey? Or do you just immediately like, ah, you got to figure this out on your own? So ideally, like, like I said, so when you approach them, you ask them, yo, my man, this happened. Why did you do it like this? Like, if, if, if you're that close to that person, why did you do it like this? But and then, then I got to reveal someone else's guan. No, 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 no. So, but then at, at a certain point, and, I, and once again, this is, it's, it's a double-edged sword with you because in some instances, you're a very nice guy. In some instances, I think people take advantage of you seeing the best in others. Um, in, especially in this day and age, we are surrounded it's it's very difficult to avoid the fact or to avoid the information that women are speaking up and saying, yo, you men have been abusing us. You men have been crossing the line. We need autonomy. We need you to respect our bodies. We need you to see us as humans. Treat us as human beings. Treat us with respect. I don't understand. Or I, I can't understand how you see all that information. It's, it's everywhere. And you still don't internalize that. Or you're somehow oblivious to that. And there's no... One, one thing I also do, and I, I can speak for anyone, is there's no such thing as an isolated incident. 
right? Unless there's incredible mitigating circumstances. And someone's modus operandi is their modus operandi. So if they made one person comfortable, there's a high likelihood that they made a second person or a third person or a fourth person uncomfortable. So how are you failing to pick up on these social cues that you're making people uncomfortable? Because after you've made this person uncomfortable, do they remain in contact with you? Do they still want to talk to you? Do they maintain the same energy? And I would assume no. So at which point do you stop and you ask yourself, wait a minute, there seems to be a common occurrence here. What am I doing wrong? And we don't even have to take it as far as that. Just in the simple things like, let's say with me, if I'm breaking up with girls, or women rather, and they keep saying, Phil, you're a bad communicator, which has happened. I had to stop it. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe I'm a bad communicator. You know what I mean? So it's not your responsibility to, to teach someone else how to be a decent human being. That's not your job. And it's not your job to speak to them on this person's behalf because that person told you clearly, don't speak to them. Don't divulge that I share this with you because that's not your story to share. Um, and we, I can bring this back to the story um, that we were discussing that's, that's on the timeline today. Um, very disgusting allegations and hopefully um, the person is brought to justice. Um, a- as men, we, we will try and support wherever we can and, and hold these people responsible and accountable. But, um, geez, I, I, I lost my train of thought. Oh, what I was saying is it's not, it's not your job. Oh, the thing is, um, we know, you and I, we know of incidences of this, of this nature. We know of abuses. We know of sexual assaulters. We know. We've been, told, we've been told these stories in confidence or we've had to approach these people in various forms. But we can't come out and speak to it because the victims have told us, don't, don't bring this to light. So all we can do is support the victim and when they're ready to share their story, be there for them. It's not our place to discuss it, right? Um, if there if there was a magic wand that we could wave, where we could hold this person accountable and still not not harm the, the victim, we would wave it. But the reason why some people keep quiet is because the victim has asked, or the victim is not ready to go through that. Because we've seen what happens to victims when, when they come forward. There's it's a double edged sword, and I think in as much as people are, are are thirsty for justice, people are thirsty for blood. And rightfully so in this instance, when you, when you start calling out and saying people are being quiet, people are, uh, are being, um, ha- have shielded the person, for example, and, and, you, and you expect people to just come out and, and speak out against them, in some instances, please understand that they might have been speaking within their social circle, saying, hey guys, this happened here. And that was what, that's what was appropriate for them or that's what the the victims allowed them to to do but you can't then go to the press for example because at the end of the day like if if i come forward and i go to and i and i may and i accuse someone of of a crime ideally i then have to provide evidence to to substantiate that accusation and there's no way you can provide evidence to substantiate that accusation without divulging confidential information about the victim and if they have not given you permission to divulge that, you violated their privacy. So, in essence, you've now punished the victim twice, which is not right. So, I think that's a that's a, a bit of nuance that I, I wanted to bring up. But um, we have a we have a very large platform, and I think it's important that we have this discussion. Uh, 
especially for our listeners, because a lot of our listeners um, are both men and women. Um, and we need to let the women know that we're here to support them and that we take this seriously. Um, I personally, like I said, I, I hold myself accountable in the same way that I talk smack and I hold people accountable for their actions. I hold myself accountable, which is why I'm very open and transparent with the things I've done. Because at any point in time, someone can say, but Phil, you did ABC. And I'm like, yes, and I've admitted to it and I've tried to address it. And if you feel I haven't done so, please hold me accountable because that's the best I can do. Like, I can't, I can't change the past. All I can do is try and be a better person and, and show that through my actions and consistency. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, sorry, I interrupted your thought. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of what I was trying to get to. The This is a little bit different because I think once you reach the stage of actually sexually assaulting someone or actually... Uh, um, you know, like committing these crimes, you know, there's, there's, there's a little, there's some level of responsibility that exists that on the one hand, you want to protect the victim, right? But on the other hand, you can't let this person just continue doing that to everyone else. So it's very weird to try and navigate that. But a separate discussion is what happens when you see your boys, in this case, it's not my boy, but someone I know. What, what happens when you see someone you know, someone you interact with, and they they exhibit certain mindsets they say certain things and you realize that yo this is this is a little bit off is it easy to bring up that conversation and it, if we take it a step further what if you know that they made someone uncomfortable right it's a very difficult conversation to have to say you made someone uncomfortable i can't tell you who because they told me not to tell you or even if i can tell no, you who no you don't even have to go that far you just say you're my man the way you're moving is foul I was there. I saw you do ABC. That's foul. It's not a difficult conversation. And I think we need to divorce ourselves from that difficult conversation. It's not a difficult conversation. It's holding someone accountable. You say, the way you're moving is foul. And if they don't, if they don't address that behavior, you now know, or you should know, the type of person they are and tweet them out. That's, and that's exactly why we went all this way around. That's why I told you, Dan. This is why I asked you how many friends do I have. Because you know, I have a very small circle. Because I see BS and I don't tolerate it. I call people out wherever, pos- wherever possible and I don't deal with them. Like, and this, this extends beyond my friend circles in business. Dan, you know this. And there have been times you've been like, yo, you turned down that bag. And I'm like, yes, I turned down that bag because of ABCDE. So I don't think it's, it's a difficult conversation at all. We should stop making a difficult conversation. Stop framing it as a difficult conversation. It's a very simple conversation. My man, you're moving foul. If they're like, ah, no, gee. And like, all right, cool. Listen. I don't want that in my life. I want no parts of that. You do you over there. I'm going over here. The reason it's difficult is it's simple conversation when you see someone do something wrong. It's a difficult conversation when you think that something they said might imply or might mean, right? So that's a difficult conversation. No, it's not. Um, Dan, once again, you the, said the, it, the, the, you literally like the same way we can infer from music to art or whatever. You say, my man's. Some of the things you're saying, to me, that is foul. I think you're right, actually, that the whole thought that I shouldn't question someone or whatever, like question people, like question them. And you you would rather be wrong, right? You'd rather get assured time, time, no, 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 what you thought was happening is not actually what was happening. I'm like, oh, okay, fine. You know, I I, I read a story of um, uh, um, someone posted it up on their, their, I think they're on their Facebook 
and they were like, uh, and then it like did the rounds, and they were like, listen, I didn't get the chance to properly thank the person at the time because I was dealing with a a, a a a toddler in a tantrum, but there's a stranger that stopped me because they saw me carrying this toddler, and they were and they had to verify that this was actually my child, and I was not just someone running off with someone else's kid, and. At the time, obviously, I was very flustered, so I didn't give it much thought. But now that I think back on it, I want to say thank you to that person because it's obviously not an easy thing to do to confront someone and question their motives. But it's necessary to do that because, okay, my bad, everything's fine here. Let me move on. It's far better than, oh, I suspected and, you know, I never said anything. So I think you're right. Like, if there is any kind of shadiness, anything that you notice, even if you're not 100% sure or even if, um, you know, there's possibility that it might not be still confront, question, hold accountable. And then if you're wrong, fine. If you're right, you could possibly have saved someone. You could have possibly have protected someone, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. And, um, there's a, there's a, there's a second order effect of that because as men, we, we are subject to quote unquote locker room talk. People hang out, people drink, blah, blah, blah. They discuss their conquests, their, their plans of conquest, whatever they want to do. Right. And some of those some of those conversations are downright foul. Some of those conversations are disgusting, which is why, like I said, I have a very small circle because I don't want to be exposed to that. And there have been situations where that's gone on. And I've been like, yo, my man, what, what, what the F? What are you saying? What? Like, what are you implying here? And making it uncomfortable for that person gives them a pause where they realize, okay, wait, I can't speak like this around this person. Or I can't continue to act around this person because there might be women in the vicinity. Now, those women are uncomfortable. So let me put it to you this way, right? Imagine, let's, let's say we have games night. So, and, and it's even, it's five of us, five men, five women. And one of the men, just one, starts talking foul, starts saying egregious things, making the women uncomfortable. But the women don't want to make it awkward for everyone else. So they're just sitting there in that discomfort. The men might not necessarily agree with that guy, but they also don't want to make it awkward. So they say nothing. So now you've allowed one person, nine others uncomfortable, and not only nine others uncomfortable, there are five women who are not only uncomfortable, but now are literally now calculating, is my life in danger right now? They, they're feeling unsafe. Now they, 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 they have to make a calculus. If this continues, if I stay here, will I become a statistic? Will I see tomorrow? Will these people stand quietly while this man does whatever he says he's planning on doing or does whatever I think he's capable of doing? And now, few, not only is that trust violated that night, what's the likelihood of those women trusting you with any form of safety? Going forward, what, how do they feel, you know what I mean, hanging around you? And that's what I'm trying to say. And not only that, now of those five guys, there's the one guy who's now emboldened because like, I said all this, no one checked me. So clearly I'm right. And maybe there's another guy who's on the fence and he's like, you know what, whatever Buddy said, I, I wasn't sold, but since everyone didn't say anything, you know what, yeah, I'm going to buy into it. And, and before you know it, we've got a nation of anti-vaxxers. Because <laughs> that's, how, that's how Q started. So 
there's no such thing as a difficult conversation. Call people out. It's not that hard. Just the basics, guys. Come on, man. Like, and this is what women have been speaking on the time. If you, if you, if you cut through the noise, if you cut through the the stupid back and forths, all women are saying is, just treat us like bloody human beings. Just make sure that we get home okay. We, the world is unsafe. The majority of the reason why the world is unsafe is because of men. So just protect us from men. It's the same reason why fathers don't want their daughters going out late. Because they know what men are capable of. So just protect women. And, and it's when they're not asking you to put on a cape. They're not asking you to, to you know, play superhero. It's just the basics. Um, a few years ago, there was a, a movement called IUO Cases. Where if you saw a woman being followed, being harassed, being pestered in the, in the club or in, a, in the store or whatever, all you had to do was just walk up to her and say, are you cases? And just based on that, women had discussed and they knew what the protocol was where they could then use that as a signal to say, okay, this person is just going to help me get out of this uncomfortable situation and then I can go about my day without having to fear for my bloody life. Can you, can you imagine like how depressing it is where, especially with these stories, the majority of these people are trying to have a good time. They're trying to go out. They're trying to hang with friends. What was supposed to be a fun night with friends when they come back home or whatever turned into a traumatic, tragic event because people were not being held accountable. And what makes it even worse on top of that is the world and many people are conditioned or rather have have made things so that it's now her fault. It's now where were you? What were you doing? Who were you talking to? Why did you go to his car? Why did you accept his drink? And this person who's who's not only going through the pain of the violation, now also has to go through the trauma of not being believed, the trauma of being gaslit, the trauma of even trying to convince herself, like, wait, maybe I'm the one who's wrong here. And that that also makes me extra angry. I, I could I couldn't even engage <laughs> people. People have some wild thoughts out there, yo. So anyway, um, yeah. The reason I brought it up is I, I was I, I did feel that twinge because it's very valid. People are like, why don't you call out your friends? And you must call out your friends. Air, air quotes, friends, colleagues, whoever it is. Phil is very right. Calling out must be done. People must be held accountable. And though maybe I'm not necessarily the person who's going to hold hold you accountable in, in a judicial sense, perhaps. Um, at least at least if more people have that mindset, people are less emboldened. Imagine, you know, ah, okay, I'm not getting angry. You you think whatever you think, but you're afraid of society, so you don't do it. And then you go on social media and you see people boldly tweeting and saying whatever they want to say. Phil, okay, okay. This is that's not what this podcast is about. But I I, rec- I I achieved a new level of of frustration with the world when I was reading about um the incel movements and how they've grown recently and how people proudly call themselves incels and proudly call for 
all kinds of violence against women. It's wild. And it probably all started off with people tweeting the things that they're tweeting and saying the things that they're saying. Anyway, look, that's not what I just wanted to bring that up real quick. All right, all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, back to the regularly scheduled programming. Uh, we had a great chat just a few minutes ago with uh, um, Freya. Freya is a Zimbabwean artist based in South Africa who happens to be the the vocalist besi- behind the soundtrack of Blood and Water. She's done some other dope stuff as well, and we're gonna you're gonna find out more about it in the interview. Also joining us for the interview was producer extraordinaire, one of the most sought after names in African music, Mr. Kamera who uh, has been working with Freya on her new album. So, yeah, enjoy the following discussion we had with Freya and Mr. Kamera. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a serious news podcast. As we sit down and discuss the goings-on in the world, we have much to discuss, including Facebook, Syria, Afghanistan. But we will begin with a very serious interview involving two Zimbabweans doing uh, things in South Africa. We have... Freya and Beat Boy Cam. Let's go. <laughs> Mr. Kamera is in the building. I'm just trying to remind everyone that I, uh, from back in the day, you know what I mean? From back in the day. From back in the day. I was going to say, you're literally the only person that still calls me that. You know that. No, I, don't, I, don't, I don't call you that. I was just, it's, just, it's just to... Okay, Phil, by now, Phil knows. I like, to, I like to make everyone feel comfortable, right? So obviously, at Kamera, we see each other all the time. But I'm going to tell you all a little story about Freya. A mm. uh, couple of years ago, a uh, <laughs> couple of years ago, I got a call about a radio interview and it was from someone I respect. So I was like, okay, fine. But yo, don't send me no one who's like trash or whatever. I'm trusting your taste. Okay. And they were like, no, don't worry. She's up and coming. She's got the vibes. I was like, uh, I've heard this a million times before. Anyway, day of the radio interview, I stopped my show. So you see how Freya's dressed up right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in a tank top. That day, Philip. <laughs> do you know I started sweating? Because <laughs> like, yo, your guest is here. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. Send her in. It's all good. Whatever. Ah. I thought this is an up and coming artist. What's going on? She was dressed to the nines, looking fresh, looking fly. Gigi, and I, I honestly felt a little embarrassed because it felt um it felt like i didn't take it as seriously cuz i was just i don't know what i was wearing no 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 oh my firstly the story is like grossly exaggerated mm. so Dan i tends was to coming, do that. Firstly, tends to do that yes no, yeah sure because i'm like what is are we talking about the same story but i remember i was coming from a photo shoot and then i was told okay you're going to cfm straight after this and that's what happened and today i'm in a tank top and I'm in shorts. This is like homeware. So, so yeah, let's not be dramatic, Danny. Anyway, face beat. Anyway, it, yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's how we first met, and and then it, we had an, an interview where I think I was just like embarrassedly asking the questions because then the pictures you went up on good. the social media. Pictures went up on 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 the radio station social media, and I was just looking at. It, I was just like. <laughs> Now but it Dan, looks like I just I like, but anyway. but but look at you now, Dan. I mean, I think we've established that this is your mo. That's how you dress. It's fine. Just accept no, it. No, you see. Okay. Now, now that Shame, I'm but old, you looked Phil, good. You looked good. You look good now. Yeah. Thank you. There's no need to lie. You know, like don't, you're, don't do that. you're lovely for saying it. <laughs> Phil is a hater. Don't do that. You know. Let's be honest. 
I mean, if, if, if we're going to start with the lies, I mean, where's the interview going to go from here? We really? <laughs> <laughs> so we were quite excited to, to get uh, Freya on here. We've had Kameda on the, on the podcast before, by the way, if you haven't listened to his interview, it's very fascinating. You can scroll. I don't know how many episodes you're going to have to scroll up. Yeah, it was a time when I was, I was out of the country because I remember I wasn't there for it. I wasn't there for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but we're glad to have you again with us because you have done many things since then. Uh, and and Freya, by the way, I'm saying it right, right? Yes, what? you're saying it correctly. Freya, not not you, Kamera. We know your name. Yeah, Kamera. Should for Kamson. Yeah, uh, I thought it was Kamo. Kam Kamo. No. Oh my god. <laughs> so I, I think I think the first place to start is uh, where does that name come from, or what does it mean? Um, okay, so Freya basically was a name that I specifically chose because I wanted a name that meant something to me. So growing up, I used to read, like I'm an avid reader. I love reading books. And growing up, my mom and I used to like read books together in the morning. And there was this one specific one about Norse mythology that really stood out for me. And basically, like Norse mythology is about like gods and like diseases and and all of these people and there was this one goddess and her name was Freya and she was like incredible she belonged to the universe she was strong you know she could sing she was called in on matters of love and all of these things and every time she cried like her tears would like turn to gold and I thought that was like so cool as a kid so when I was thinking of a name I wanted a name that represented like the happiest time of my life, which was, you know, the time I shared with my mom and also give kind of homage to the woman I am now. I'm a very strong person. I've turned like my tears to gold in my own way. So mm. that was the, the reason behind the name. Oh. Yeah. That's Who's making you cry these golden tears, my sister? Mm, name and shame. Point, point, point. So we can go and deal with them, my sister. Ain't nobody supposed these to be making these. These niggas. These <laughs> niggas. Kamera, what you doing, bro? What you doing, bruh? I'm out here, man. I'm out here. Did he just say I'm out here? I'm out here? Kamera was clearly not listening. <laughs> Someone's like, you know, these men are making me cry. Kamera, <laughs> what do you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm out yeah. Here. You know, we popping bottles, son. You know what I'm saying? We just doing our thing, man. <laughs> Guys, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard the story before, guys. Come on. <laughs> so obviously, we. <laughs> Part of the reason we were excited to have you on the podcast is because you're of your recent um, uh, um, e- explosion into popular culture, and we're gonna we're gonna take a look at the whole journey as we go. Of course, did you see Lil Nas X was tweeting about you the other day. Did you see that? Mm, okay. Mm, okay. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh, you did it. Yeah. I mean, mm. you got you got you guys are gone. You guys are gone. I, I think we need to so, delve in. Wait, what happened? Oh, you didn't see like Lil Nas X. He, he tweeted a meme like there's a meme of someone like holding a gun, forcing someone to watch something, and then he goes like, "Oh yes, this is, this, this oh, is yes. me with, with all I my friends that. telling them to watch Blood and Water." I was just like, "Yeah, forcing God. them to watch Blood and Water." Yeah, I saw you, that. You that was really here. cool. So, so I think first of all, because I want our listeners to know who we're talking to, right? So, first of all, um, Freya here is the voice behind the the the, the theme song, the soundtrack mm-hmm. for Blood and Water. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know the the, the, the the blood and water. That part. Pitch perfect, <laughs> Danny. Danny. Pitch perfect. <laughs> Pitch perfect. Like if I close my eyes, it's like it's like it's like Netflix interview. was playing. It's I like... will leave this interview. Wow. <laughs> Guys, it was really great. Thank you so much for having me. We, we, we ain't even mad at you. We, we ain't yeah, even if mad I, at if you. If I could sing, I would. I would <laughs> also. <laughs> and um and uh, Mr. Mr. Camera here has been uh, has been a, a, a an instrumental uh, person behind the soundtrack uh, of that of that TV show as well, and many things happening in Africa at the moment as well. So so that, that's why this is why I think. It's probably why your name is trending, but apart from that, you have some dope music that's out as well, and you've just put out an EP, uh, and that's what we're going to talk about. But I would love for us to start um, at the beginning of your career, um, when you first actually started officially being a professional artist. When would you say that was? Oh, um, professional artist has to be last year, from January. Like That's when I left my nine-to-five job um, in finance, and then I started doing music full-time. Mm-hmm. So you literally what, what? left money to become an artist? Yes, and trust me, it, 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 it was... Cam is feeling offended. Um, yeah, no, it was... It, it had to be... It, it got to a point where it had to be that way because I was now not juggling both and work was now in a position where they now wanted me to be in a more serious like managerial role and i don't like like half-assing things and i had a really cool boss very supportive boss so he was like you know what like i see that your heart is not fully here so like i get it like when i told him i wanted to leave like he understood he's so supportive even like till this day like if you need anything like let me know like i'm here to help and, and all of that so yeah, you have to sometimes just like follow your dream and like hope it turns out well at the end. Okay. I think let's take a few steps back. Um so how did you end up in finance and and where were you working in finance when you finally got there? Like how did you start on this musical okay. journey? Okay. This is so the, this is the finance podcast, moved... please. And, and 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 while you're saying the story, please also give us some investment tips and yeah. <laughs> okay cool so basically what happened was i moved from zem to sa um like five years ago and the only way that i could move was like i had to explain it to my dad to be like this is the reason why i'm moving and the excuse at the time was like i want to finish school so i did my acca um which is basically like a common accounting and then I started working and then I started doing my second become strategic management. And I was working for like a car rental company that has like a bunch of like branches this side. And I remember in 2019, I started posting like videos of me, like doing covers of really cool songs. So I did this cover of Adele's song, One and Only. And um, this producer for SABC One hit me up and was like, yo, you can really sing. Let's have a meeting. Can you write music? Like, talk to me. Let's meet up. So we met up. The next day, he told me the story about the show. Um, he asked me if I could write music. I had no idea if I could. I was like, yeah, because like I wanted the gig. It's like, yes, I can definitely write something. 
And I remember like the next day I went to work and I was like writing it, like trying to process like everything he's lucky told me. And then we had a studio session. I recorded it. They loved it. They used it as their theme song for the show. And then I think after that, like a lot more kind of opportunities um, started coming. Sorry, my lighting just like got fucked. But I hope you guys can still see me. Oh, oh yeah. Back. Okay. So, um, so after that, um, I then got like an opportunity to do Lockdown, which is Mzanza Magic Show. And then after that, I got The River, which is also an Mzanza Magic Show. Then I did something for SABC3 um, called The Kingdom. And then I did Jiva, um, that's on Netflix. And then Blood and Water, that's also on Netflix. So I think that beginning kind of got me into the television space. And then after that, I realized, okay, so I can actually live off of this. I can make money from this. I'm good at this. I can write. I can actually write music. So that was, that's like my origin story, basically. Interesting. So wait, chronologically, did did you do Jiva before season one of Blood and Water? No, I did season. Okay, so for season one of Blood and Water, I only did we only did the the theme song, Mister Camera, and then season two. That's when they were like, "Yo, you know, we loved what you guys did on season one. Do you guys have music coming out?" And then you know, my team was like, "Yeah, she's got an album that's coming out." They asked us to send like a few records. So we sent like six records. They picked five records. Um, and the, like the four records that they picked are the ones that are available now in store for streaming. Um, yeah. And the full album is out in like two weeks with everything. That, this is kind of fascinating because I don't know if I've heard, I've heard a story of someone who almost like went straight to TV is that is that is that common, Phil? Do you know do you know if that's common? Like, like straight from the beginning, you're literally making music for TV as a as an artist. I don't mean as a composer or yeah, a, a score a, a person who does scoring or whatever. Yeah. I'm trying to look back rare, at right? interviews. I'm trying. To, yeah, I can't. I can't really think of many. Well, well, well. Well, shout out to you for that. Mm. So, Thank you. how 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 did how did they? How do they holler about the blood and water situation? Um, well, I have, I have really good management. I'm signed with um, ACA. Um, so basically, they're still like they're in communication with them because there's also stuff that we're doing that's not yet out yet. Um, so they're constantly in communication. So not, no, I didn't mean that to like sound braggy. Oh no, 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 it's dope. So the CV is just getting talk. stronger. You know what I mean? The CV is yeah. just getting stronger and, and stronger. I, You're going to get, this is dope. I think yeah, to give our listeners context, yes. ACA, uh, I'm not a small outfit, you know, ACA is, is where uh, um, Nasty C is signed. Okay. Uh, they, they, they've got a very large imprint on the continent. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot of content and, and not only music, but yeah. into TV and multimedia production. So how do you even get on their radar? So how did ACA approach you or how did you approach ACA? What had you done up until that point for them to say um, you're worth signing? You know, I actually have to, to give so much props to Mr. Kamara. He actually was like my link to them. So um, they heard me through him. So when they asked for the, the Netflix um, soundtrack, no, theme song for season one, I did it with Mr. Camara. And then they heard what it sounded like, like what my voice sounded like. 
And then when Cam also told them that, sorry, when Mr. Kamara also told them that we were working on, on music, they were like, oh, cool, let's listen. And, 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 and I think they bought into me because obviously I was working with a really good producer and the music was good. And then they just kind of fell in love with the ov- overall brand. So I'm signed with them for publishing. And then I'm also signed with them for management. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Cam. Yeah. Yo. Uh, I, I've heard a rumor. What's the rumor? So, so first of all, Camara, Camara is hot on the continent right now, right? So to get a Camara, <sighs> to get Camara to make you a song. It's or not easy. It's not easy. Uh, you you got to sell something. I don't know what you got to sell, but you got to sell something. <laughs> but the rumor I heard, the rumor I heard is Mr. Camara for Zimbabwean artists will make a plan. And I was like, damn, that's real cool, yo. But I don't, I don't want to spread this so that you don't get cheap. You don't get, you know, rushed by a lot of Zim artists. But mm-hmm. do, you, do you like, like actually help out Zim artists like that? Um, for, do you know, for me, I don't, I don't, I never look at it as helping out. So I wouldn't like, I, I just work, I work with anyone that's dope, to be honest. Um, I remember like when I, when I, when I first like heard Fred's music, I was like, oh, wow, this is like dope. And even the first time we met, I was like, yo, your voice is fine. And I was like, yo, let's like work from just from the beginning. She, I don't even think, I don't think, Frey, I don't think he even asked me to, like, he didn't ask to work with me, right? Like I was like, yo, let's, let's get in and work. Um, so for me, it's never like a thing of, oh, I'm going to do this and that because you're from Zim not necessarily no um if you're just dope you're just dope you know so yeah all right dope cool but if you're from zim you get an extra chance just hit him up <laughs> send, send, Mr. Camera, send, Camera, all your mixtapes, send all your mixtapes to come right your... now they should <laughs> send him all your mixtapes and soundcloud links wait i think that might be his actual email address okay we're gonna have to bleep that out <laughs> <laughs> no, please tell me that's not your actual email address, man. <laughs> it's my actual email address. <laughs> yeah, I remember saying, I was like, wait, wait, dad, that's his actual okay. address. <laughs> All right, I'm marking this so that we bleep it. <laughs> you jumped the gun there, Dan. We jumped the gun. <laughs> okay, back, back, back to serious issues. So. What was what was that leap of faith like, um, Freya, for you when you you're leaving mm-hmm. stable employment to become an artist? That's obviously not easy. That's very scary. Um, you you're not sure how you're gonna survive. What was that period yeah. like in between leaving the job and and seeing your mm-hmm. first quote unquote success? And how long was that period? Um, it w- it wasn't easy. It was definitely not easy. It was a decision that like. I took time to make and I'm like a planner. So everything I do is strategically like thought out. So I knew at some point I was going to leave, but um, I had to like do it strategically. So I think in 2019, when I started getting like money for music, I was like, okay, let me work part time. So I started working part time. Like I used to work Mondays through Wednesdays and then Thursday and Fridays were like my music days. And then in 2020, that's when I was like, okay, I can fully leave. And then the pandemic happened and yeah, no, things got real really quickly for me. And, you know, coming from a place where I could afford to do anything I wanted for myself whenever I wanted 
um, that was no longer the case. Like I had to, you know, I struggled like a bit, like I genuinely did. And I also had a friend of mine who's based in Dubai that got stuck in SA because of COVID. So she was also staying with me at the time. So it's like, I had to take care of myself and I also had to take care of my best friend and I still needed to stay afloat. Um, but that's when I really realized that like, this was like God's plan and like, he walked me through a lot of it. Like I almost like lost my faith in God, but like, I never like prayed as hard as I did. So yeah, I think everything kind of worked out. Hmm. Okay. Well, so <laughs> at least you had like some of, somewhat of a plan in place. So that's good. Anyway, go ahead then. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, um, we recently got stats. Um, I think in uh, Blood and Water was in the top top ten globally, not just Africa or SA or something. In terms of, I think I, I can't remember if it was for the month or the week or something like that. Oh, no, Blood and Water um, is one of the Blood and Water has thirty million views. So funny enough, because of the Ministry of Arts and Culture's inquiry into uh, getting Netflix to pay tax, like one of their their big cases when they were presenting to Parliament was the numbers Blood and Water season one was doing. And those numbers are bananas. And I'm pretty sure this season is going to be even crazier. So, yeah, last time I checked, it was 25 million viewers. Um, and it was like for every one South African viewer, there were 30 international viewers. So it's why it's, it's, it's a huge deal, you know. And just imagine how many millions of people have heard your singing and Kamara's production just on the, on, the, on the intro alone. I'm keen, I'm curious to know, like, if if there's been any results or effects that have come from that, uh, have you been able to sort of build on that? Have you seen people speaking about the theme song or any of your other music that's in season two? Uh, have you been able to translate it to people listening to your other stuff? Um, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, yes, I've definitely seen like a lot more interaction. Um, like my Spotify, like I have like, over like 4,000 new like subscribers, like listeners or something like that. The streams are crazy. Like the Shazam numbers now, I think we're like over like 15,000 plays. And this is music that came out like last week, Friday. So yeah. And like, I think the messages I'm also getting, because I think the cool thing about um, what me and Mr. Kamara managed to do was the music that's in season two isn't Netflix music. It's our music that we made that they asked to put on their show. So when people are streaming, they're still streaming. The streams are directly linked to the project. So, yeah, it's been really cool. Like, even my DMs are different now. You know, things are, things are different. Things are <laughs> Yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> I mean, uh, things are changing. <laughs> yeah, obviously without without necessarily revealing things that are supposed to stay under wraps i'm keen to know the kind of opportunities that have opened up for you because of this okay let, let me let I'm me try sorry, and give... i'm struggling to hear you danny i'm saying um yes. i kind of want to i, I want to try and understand the the opportunities that came out of this and i know obviously you can't necessarily reveal uh, everything but the reason i ask is i often wonder or something that's on my mind is um, Netflix is an American company, right? And they've, 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 they've 
um, made their way into different markets. And one, one good thing that they've done is they've started getting content from those markets and it's beginning to pay off because shows like Blood and Water are accepted worldwide. Uh, just now we had Squid Game, which again, it's not an American show, but that's been you know consumed globally. So obviously there's, there's benefit to the local industry. And I want to kind of understand a little bit about that benefit. Or are we talking about this big company that's just come into a place and sort of excluded all the other potential uh, opportunities that could have come in that market. So I want to know like what benefits, what opportunities, what, what uh, um, um, directions you're now able to act because of, of Netflix coming and taking your music, taking Kamera's production, and now, uh, you know what I mean, exposing it to this wide audience. Um, so you've mentioned, for example, that uh, the, the streaming numbers have gone up, um, your DMs are different. But in terms of actual opportunities, what has this opened up for you? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, what I've noticed from, um, especially from just from Friday, basically, from when the show came out, um, artists that I've always like admired, artists I've always wanted to work with, um, have reached out and, you know, we're working on stuff. And even after that, like this, yeah, there's also stuff I really can't say, but I think for me, it's just the interaction of like OGs giving like a co-sign to be like, yo, like we see what you're doing. Like we're proud of you. We want to work with you. Um, even artists that, you know, Mr. Kamara has, you know, linked me up with and, you know, some music that we're making with um, really, you know, big, really cool artists. And, I, what that, I think what Netflix managed to do for us or for me is it made people understand that it wasn't just like a local sound. They made people like kind of understand that it was very international. And even with the collaborations, it's not like I'm just working with people locally, like I'm working with, you know, people from across the borders, you know, over the seas, etc. So I think for me, the major thing was just, the numbers, the streams, you know, even like my Instagram, you know, just things that are like, they just put me, I think, in a different position where people could actually see the talent and absorb it. And also they do open opportunities. I think Netflix is incredible about that. Like they just won't be like, okay, we're taking your music and we're done with you. Like they have also, you know, set up some, some things for us, for like, you know, the next, like for next year, something that's happening next year and, the year after that and even in season three and yeah so they're quite they're quite good about it that's dope um let's talk about your ep uh balance it's an album your album sorry album yes why am i saying ep yes. my bad i've been i've been thinking ep this whole time i don't know why album my apologies oh, um Dan. Four singles have dropped already. Come on, that's an EP alone. Thank Good you, Phil. Thank you, Phil. Let me hear a So if you have an, an upcoming album, Balance. Uh, tell us about the, the work that you've put in so far and what you're hoping to achieve. Um, so, um, Balance, yes. It's going to be my first like, album. Balance. Okay, I mean, Balance. say it how you feel. Um, yeah, but it's going to be like my very first um, body, like full body of work. And like, I'm so, I'm genuinely, genuinely like happy 
about this project, I got to work with incredible, incredible people. I got to work with, you know, the, you know, Grammy award-winning producer, um, Andrew Harris. He works with like the Keilani's and the Carrie Hilson's and like all these big people. And he worked with me on two records. And I'm I'm so grateful like I got to work with Mr. Famera and he's not an easy man to impress. I'm telling you this now. Um, and which, I remember when we're working on working with Camera or working with Andrew Harris. Let's let's say it while he's on the Ah, oh, definitely Mr. Camera. Okay. All right. Good good answer. <laughs> yeah, definitely Cam. There's no choice, Cam was <laughs> Uh, it was a doubt afterwards. Camera Ooh, why did you ask that question? <laughs> now he's feeling. What's the I was I was setting you up to show um, love to Camera. But yeah, I end. think I, I. Um. So yeah, I think working with you know like I explained you know Andrew Harris would do like two songs. Um. I got to do I think with me and Cam I think we have four tracks on the album. And what was so cool about the process of working with Mr. Kamara was the fact that I literally went to his house for like, I think a week and we would literally wake up, make music, sleep, eat, wake up, make music, sleep, eat. And we made like quite a few records. So it was really cool to, to work with such talented people. I also worked with GT Beats. He's also an incredible producer from Zimbabwe. Um, incredible, incredible. And yeah, I think for me, that was the most important thing, like working with people that understood me, that just got it, you know, and it's important to work with people that come from where you come from. They help you tap into the sound, you know, the Zimbabwean sound. They give you direction, you know, and it's it's all love. It's it's really cool. That's dope. That's dope, man. Um also, Camera's yeah. become such a big name, then. Have you noticed that even on, on the project, he's not getting featured artist credits? Yeah, I, I saw it's it's not even it's not even produced by Mr. Camera. It's, it's Freya and I, Mr. Yeah, Kamera, put me like, there, yeah. put me there. <laughs> hey, ah uh, no, and you you know we were we were hoping maybe we can get Camera to help us with uh you know refreshing some some of the show intros and stuff, but uh I think we've missed our window, Philip. Ah no no he's the still down to earth he's still he's, he's still one of what you mean Dan? that's the thing he's such a humble guy you know what I mean mm. it's so easy to so what do you say Mr Camera you know don't you wanna keep nah, keep in know, mind this is recorded it's, so it's a verbal commitment keep in mind yeah I know until you are recording it it's 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 on record so it's cool <laughs> I'll be in, I'll, I'll be I'll be in Joburg next week I'm bring I'm bringing yeah. I'm bringing the laptop I'm bringing the mic we're gonna sit down. Bust open that NPC. I'm going to Joburg tomorrow, so I'll be there. Ah, we'll be there. We'll be there. Now, now that we, now that everyone knows your email address, you know we can really, we can really, they really can really working. tap into things. <laughs> okay. By the way, oh, I, I forgot to ask this. Sorry, going back to um, before before balance, um, mm-hmm. there, there was a song of yours that did pretty well on Zim Radio, uh, Sammy mm-hmm. Sosa. Oh yes, I remember the video. Uh, with a lovely video, lovely video, it was very so violent. A, 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 a violent video, <laughs> violence. It's so much violence. Oh, I can't wait to. Okay, no, let me not even say. Um, <laughs> that that. <laughs> how, how how did that song come about, and what was the response? Um, the response. I'm just like fixing my brightness. Can you guys see me? Okay. Yeah, yeah, we yeah can see you. we're back. 
as long okay, as we can sorry. hear you that's the important part thanks thank you um but yeah um it was super cool it was a song that i did with mr camera as well so it's like every time like we link up to work on something like it becomes something and sam sosa like actually did like quite well like numbers wise we had over like 500,000 streams and like it did quite well and um yeah it was a really cool project that i did you know when you're starting out that was like this management and it's like you're doing everything you're the video director you're the head of marketing you're the head of you know but it was it's it, it, it's really cool you know those kind of beginnings really are like really really cool so yeah it's also pretty catchy sammy sauce Sammy sauce pretty cool dope 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 sorry phil i cut you off you're about to say something No, no, no. Carry on, please, please give us the the, the second carry stanza. On, carry on, performing the song for us. Carry on, carry on. Sammy Sosa. <laughs> the second. Wait, who said stanza? Who said I know right? the second stanza. <laughs> who said that? I mean, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, just a, I'm, I'm a culture man. It's something my mom used to say. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a man of culture. Oh, Phil, you know? thank you. Like. I love that you said that. Like my mom used to say that all the time when we were singing hymns growing up. It's like, yeah, stanza three, and then you were like stanza. I'm like, oh my god. So thank you for saying that. I don't, I don't know if that's a compliment. Like, yo, Phil, you talk just like my mom. <laughs> no, that's a. That is a. <laughs> no, that is a compliment. That is a you know huge what? compliment. You wouldn't be the first to say it. So. Um... <laughs> <laughs> how would you how would you categorize your how would you categorize the music on your album freya what kind what genre are we talking um okay so there are basically three um three major sounds from the album so there is you know afrobeats um the afrobeat records or records that i worked with mr camera on and there's also some reggae vibes that I also worked on with Mr. Camara and then um there's R&B soul that I did with Andre Harris and GT Beats so we can basically say like just three major genres but yeah cuz I I don't believe in like being locked into like one thing I feel like art should be free you know what I mean like do whatever you feel So yeah those were the vibes so it's going to sound very different so you have to listen to everything to really understand my sound you can't listen to two songs and think ah oh, i've got it figured out you have to listen to the whole body of work not even not even not even yanos one yanos give us one you have to listen to the okay. whole project Z- zim dancehall just one You know, you know what's so cool? I'm actually working on something with big Zim Dancehall artist. So I'm very happy. You've nice. actually already kind of been on a, a Zim Dancehall she, track. She's yeah? got a track. Well, she's a bucket top. Bucket top. Bucket top is a dancehall tune. <laughs> bucket top. She, so she was on the the Kure remix. Oh, I remember. I remember. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's Afro pop dance or dancehall. Come on. Now. Yeah, no, well, I mean it had a couple of dancehall acts on it, so mm. Yeah. So you know, you've already had those. But yeah, we have a proper there's like a proper um Zim Dancehall record that I'm working on with someone really really cool. 
So yeah, nice. I also yeah, wanted to just pay homage to you know people that I we really know it's I think from it's back home. No, Gemma I have a record queen. with. She's, no, I have a record. She's with, the queen of Zim dance with Gemma, <laughs> but someone else, but someone else. So listeners, when you, when you see when you see that Freya and Gemma record come up, just just know that that's the Zim dancehall song she was talking about. Um, oh my God, no! <laughs> so I, 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 I I'm low key joking, obviously, when I ask those questions, but I I did have an angle behind them because um, they are pop accepted popular sounds in the South African market and in the Zim market, and yeah. uh, oftentimes it's quite difficult to break into the mainstream without those accepted sounds um are you are you finding the local markets are as accepting as the international streamers and so on of your music you know what's so crazy is and i think we actually had a conversation with mr kamara about this like when we we're making the music and when we were presenting it and people were like oh but like your sound like how are we going to market it and he's like Stance has always been that just like make good music and people will listen to it. And the cool thing about to answer your question is from the streaming number, like from the streaming numbers and everything, France has been like the top listener, like France, Germany, the US, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, Zimbabwe is like at the last. So odd. But no, that, that, yeah. that, sounds, that sounds about right. That sounds yeah, about right. Wow. Yeah. When, when has Zimbabwe ever been last at anything? That's oh, just... sorry, in London. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, Zimbabwe is like on the last yeah, knob. So it's actually, it, it's, it's actually a, a funny conversation because I, I have been speaking to a lot of Zim artists lately and a lot of them don't even know Zimbabweans were involved with um, the making of the soundtrack. Um. Because I was able to get a couple of my artists placed on on the um, the show this season, and they thought that was the first. I'm like, no, but you guys do really yes, like the theme song, Phil. you know, light work. You know how we do light work. Uh, <laughs> but what I, else? I, I was trying to tell them, like, yo, but the theme song was produced and sang by Zimbabweans, and they had no idea. And I think it speaks to, I don't know if it's local media or it's out of sight, out of mind. But there's a weird thing with. Zimbabwean media and Zimbabwean consumers where if you're not like out there in their face repping Zim or you're not like completely blown up like Shasha for example like if, if there was a time when like no one knew her and then everyone knew her like if you're not blown up and top of the charts almost it's almost like you don't exist to them and it's a weird dichotomy that I don't really understand so, so, you, know, you know what that is you know, like the, the 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 kid that's the new lead as well in Blood and Water, that Sam kid. Mm-hmm. You know, he's from Zim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 heard he's very Salashona. Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy, and it's like you never like you said, like you're saying, Phil, like you never know. Like I don't know, is it the media? Is it you guys? <laughs> I don't know. So, I, I have a theory, and honestly, I think the answer is the media. Um, in many markets, you have so many different. Uh, channels tv radio um you know the 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 blogs the tabloids the social media pages the influencers all of that is sort of pushing all these different messages so there's there's so much room for anyone who's even even who even has some measure of success to get a little bit of spotlight in zim there's one tv channel there's three radio stations sure but i think 
you know, most people would agree that the influence of radio in, in terms of breaking artists isn't the same as it was. It's still very important in Zim, I think, but it, it's not the same as it was. And I think because because there's three radio stations, it, chances are, I mean, three urban radio stations that are likely to pay mu- play music from Freya, for example, there's, there's going to be a higher likelihood that the more established favorites are going to get played. Whereas if we had so much more, there's room for different stations to want to stand out or different presenters or DJs to want to stand out because they want to bring you something new and something fresh, something different to what everyone else is playing. And then people start gravitating towards that. I think we just don't have enough platforms or enough channels. We don't have, we don't have a, a, we don't really have music TV shows or even music channels. Um, if you think about it, Phil, for us, if we're preparing our show, if there's songs that we come across during the line of our work, great. But if we're searching, like how do you search for new music? There's no, there's no place in Zim that showcases what's new, what's fresh. There's no way that does that. And I think because there's so little, so few outlets for that media, then music like Freya's for people who are like, okay, maybe you're tired of Zim Dancehall. Maybe you want to listen to something different. Well, I got something for you. This girl is actually doing big things in South Africa and France. So check her out. We don't have that because everyone's just going to be like, no, we're going to play you the new Enzo. And they can afford to do that because there aren't that many options to choose from anyway. That's one of the theories I have. You know what I, you know what I think? And I think you guys are definitely right. Another thing that I think is a lot of times people don't actually think about like the consumer and the way that Zimbabwe is set up, right? So if you look at other markets, for example, like Ghana or Nigeria, just from their numbers alone, population alone, when an artist drops, like the market is ready for it because one, they support local music. Two, the amount of people in the country. Three, like data prices and all of these things. So in Zim, it's a different thing when it's like, okay, my music is on iTunes. Like, firstly, like not everyone can afford you know what I mean? Like not everyone can stream, for example, Netflix shows. Like it's, I think it's a lot that like works together. Us not having enough media platforms, you know, like a lot happens where people, they, they can't afford to actually buy, you know, the music. They can't really consume it the way it needs to, con- to be consumed. And also I think I've noticed that it's a thing about like being in the mix, like, we see the same people on Zim Celebs. We see the same people on the blogs. And yeah, it's like they keep pushing the same people. And it's like media needs to It's like it's like got talent. Like if you look at Nigeria and South Africa, like they treat their artists with respect. Like they put out information, they put out the music, they will force you to listen to a Casper Nivest song. They will, you know what I mean? And they will force you to listen to Nadia and like all of these people. But it's different in our culture, you know? It's, yeah, negative news, I think, spreads quicker than positive stuff, which kind of sucks. I, I also think there aren't many countries... Uh, that are in Zimbabwe's situation of people leaving in the numbers that they're leaving. Um, mm, I'd, I'd, oh. I'd, I'd say you take your argument and raise you Jamaica. Jamaica's got a population of 3 million. They've got about a million people in the diaspora. Ja- 
an exception doesn't necessarily. I had lost my rule. sound. Uh, um, welcome, welcome, welcome back. Um, okay, I'm I think back. I, what were you saying? Many, many Zimbabweans are making huge moves outside of Zim. Um, and it it's now it's now almost like those moves are essay. So, like for example, you, you know, it, it's pretty open that you're Zimbabwean, Kamera is Zimbabwean. It's kind of open, but honestly, your work is South African because that's you know that's where you're working, that's where it's being distributed, that's where it's going around. And I think there's so many instances of Zimbabweans, and we know that they're Zimbabweans. Thankfully, you know, most Zimbabweans are proud of being Zimbabweans. We know that they're Zimbabweans. But we only know it from a distance. Um, uh, I wonder. I already, I already know who you're talking. About. I like. I, I got you. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not talking about anything specific. Yeah, Dan, why are you being spicy? Right. Why are you being spicy, over, Dan? Here's the situation: Zimbabweans leave Zim and succeed out of Zim, right? And then we are yeah. back in Zim, saying, "Ah, that's our person. That's Zimbabwean. That's different." To yeah. someone who's successful in Zim and is also successful outside of Zim, if you get what I mean. So, honestly, your success in South Africa, whereas we may claim it a name, in reality, most Zimbabweans will only look at it from a distance. Um, and I think there's so many instances of people who leave Zimbabwe and we see them from a distance and we claim them. But we don't, we claim them in name, but we don't, re- it's not like we're playing their music and whatever, whatever. Um, and I, I wonder if you know I wonder if you know and then you know and then you know yeah and I think that what she's saying is right like when you look at someone like Shasha right like she is incredibly talented and it's not like she only started making music when she moved to SA she had been working even before that she had been doing shows in Zim she had been doing all of that but she wasn't getting the recognition right and then when she came here and like Maporisa you know got involved in everything then when people started to see like her success that's when people were like oh yeah Shasha is from Zim Shasha is from Zim but like before that you know that wasn't the situation so it's also a thing about like you guys as the media like push for your people not just the people that you see but the people that are outside as well, like, yeah, that's what we need to be seeing more of. Like she won a BET award and she was still like not getting like positive, you know, media coverage from back home. And that really sucks. Not from me. I I was doing it, but yeah, fellow media, (laughs) you guys need to pull up your socks. (laughs) <laughs> oh, by the way Dan what's your day job please remind me what, what's your day job again Kamera I feel like no, you've been Dan, no, no, too no, long no 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 what do you do <laughs> what is your position at the radio station what, what is it again this is so so okay just 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 to underline first of all uh, something I forgot to agree with you on as well Freya is the issue obviously of Zim and Access um, just just this past week I mentioned that I have an Apple Music subscription and it was like, oh, Mr. Moneybags over here. I was like, it's like $3 a month, bro. I mean, three US on, data. That's, a, that's long money, dog. So, I mean, come on, dude. No, not to detract. Not, not to detract. So, last week, I, I gave a, I gave a, I was, I was running a workshop. There's an organization that hit me up. 
that are working with a bunch of artists in Gaza land. So I went to Highfields. And I quickly, real, before I even went there, I was like, you know what, guys, tell me what these guys have access to because I'm already speaking from artists that have access to laptops and stuff like that. And I went there and I'm having conversations with, these are lifetime artists, notable names in the, in the community, not, not only in Zimba, but like just across the country. You've heard their music on radio. These guys still have day jobs. They have not seen a cent from music outside of live performances. There are guys who are, every week he's telling me he produces radio ads and those ads are stolen. And they were like, this has been happening for the past five, six, seven years. There's a guy who's been signed to a record label in South Africa who has not seen a check in 10 years. He's not seen a statement. He's not seen a report, nothing. And this is the level where we're at in terms of like artists, for example. Artists just don't know or they're too scared to ask. They don't have the resources. So if, if we're starting with, with the creatives here, like just how, for, how much they're empowered, that's the top of the ecosystem because in any entertainment industry, the, the top is going to be the executives and the artists and then further, 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 further down is going to be media because media eat off the crumbs of the artists, right, in the ecosystem. So if the artists are suffering that much, how much do you think the, the journalists are making? Because they're paid to write about this stuff. But if they're writing about people that are broke, what situation are they in? So mm, You said facts, Phil. Facts. F- Phil just facts. took a long route to call me broke. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So m- m- my point is, you, your points are very valid. I, I think the, the issues are indeed the media and how the media portrays things. But also because, as you mentioned... Um, I'm not going to mention their names, but that Instagram account, the reason why they post all their negative stuff instead of the positive stuff is uh, um, light travels around the world faster than, than the truth. So they just want engagement because they need the followers. And because we only have in Zimbabwe, the last time I checked was 300,000 Zimbabwean Instagram accounts, for example. So if you want to scale, you need to max out that Zimbabwean audience and then the whole of diaspora. So you're going to quick choose the, the quickest way to get there. And... I run an agency. I pay these, these, these social media influencers. I know how much they get paid for campaigns. That's why, I don't, that's why I don't bother with my own social media accounts because it's not a lot of money. So it's the, the whole ecosystem is just broken because our economy is broken. And because our economy is broken, our society is starting to break down. So it's just a, a myriad and a cascading effect of, of, of issues. But you're very right. And I think... What you guys are doing is a step in the right direction. If, if you get success and you're proud of being Zimbabwe and you do like, well, like Kamara, Kamara came back to Zim, he's working with Zim Act and then hopefully pulling them up with him. That's what it's going to take um, to fix this, to fix this thing. In the same way, like I'm, we're doing our part um, with Dan and I, like educating artists, sitting with artists. I can't tell you like this week alone, I think I've taken like five meetings with artists just for free, just sitting them down and saying, yo, man, these guys want to do this. Get your money here, get your money here. In fact, here's a sample contract. You don't have to pay a lawyer. Just make sure you get paid. Because that's what we need to do. People need to start sacrificing their time and money so that we can win. And I say all that to say, Fry, I'm going to send you some instrumentals, okay? And, 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 I, and I'm going to need you to, to give, me a, give me a couple bars. You know what I mean? I just need a couple bars, okay? I mean, she can't say no now. You lift know, me up, this my whole... sister. Lift me up, my sister. Lift me up. <laughs> Out of bootstraps, out of bootstraps, we all have to win. We all have to win. We all have to win. 
Camera, um, what else are you working on besides uh, besides with Freya here that we are allowed to know about? Yes, me, I'm always working on a lot of stuff, but it's always difficult to it's always difficult to say, man. You know how it is. You, you can only like sort of speak on it when it's when mm. it's uh, mm. when it's you know when it's coming out. Mm. Pataranki got an album <laughs> dropping soon. How many tracks on the Pataranki album? Just just cough, <laughs> cough. Give, give us a cough. Okay, just is it one? cough a number. Is, is, is it two? Is it three? Like cough when I should stop. Is it four? Is it five? <laughs> so, so it's always difficult. I mean, I'm sure you guys have noticed. Even me, like on my socials, I never really like make noise about stuff until like something is done i just always post something when it's out i'll be like okay check this thing as you should as you should yeah so Mm. so it's quite difficult to say um exactly what would be in the works until it's like you know Mm. uh you know you know know, like with with camera it's great to see the the journey i remember many years ago i think camera just got a placement on an el tito track um and then you got another one with ice prince (laughs) And, yeah, uh, I was about to say. You remember the Ice Prince day, and we and we were and we were looking at the the then, jump. We're like, okay. And then we were, we were driving around in, in in he was driving us around in his Mazda, his little Mazda sedan, and we had to go to a couple <laughs> places. <laughs> Fast uh, forward. Those are those are the good a long old days. Way. Those are the good old days. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> man, it's so dope. I, you know what? Um, I, I for one, I, I'm I get really excited when I see uh, um, Zimbabweans like excel and 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 thrive and whatever. I mean, Africans in general, but you know because because I'm from here, you know I see y'all. I'm like, damn, and shout out to y'all. Um, I hope for more. I know there'll be more Netflix shows, and you know you may as well get a bidding war running between Netflix and Amazon. Um, get Apple TV in there as well. HBO on mm. top of that. Ha. I, I believe the new Game of Thrones is looking for a theme song. Mm, you know, fam, you guys, fam, you know, what? just repurpose. It's it's the thing. It's blood and ice. Yeah, Game of Thrones. No, just take blood <laughs> and water. You just take sing. blood and water. And you better sing, Just just to, just replace blood with fire. So fire and water. Oh, oh, that because Dan is gonna be singing, bro. Wait, what are, what are you saying, Cam? Don't be surprised if we hear a Dan mixtape mixtape coming out. I, I'm, I'm only here trying to sing in front of you. Dan, Dan actually has a song. Wait, let me let me play the song for you. Hold on, let me play the song for you. Dan actually has a song. I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting for Cam to call me to the studio. I'm no. waiting for Fred to be like, "Hey, I was actually looking for some ad libs." No, hold no, on. y'all just making <laughs> no. fun of me. Let me play the song. Dan has a song out. Let me play it for you guys. G- give me a moment to find it. Let's hear the vibes. Where did I put what song? What I don't have a song. What song, Philip? I don't have a song. This is a lie. Philip, what song, Philip? (laughs) Ah, wait, let me find it for you. Phil is about to expose you, Dan. (laughs) Dan wrote a song and and he got he made a lot of enemies in the industry. A lot of (laughs) enemies. Oh, now you remember, huh? Okay. You see? Yeah. No, it, that, that was a song. That was a skit. It was a skit about the Zim Hip Hop Awards. <laughs> okay. Ah, finally found it. Here we go. Oh, no. I've got the artwork. I don't have the song. Where did I put the song? Ah, look at that. Ish. Ah, Phil. Wow. Ah, my wife. Philip. Hey. <laughs> Philip. <laughs> 
It's somewhere here. I'll send it to you guys. Don't worry. Send it to me as soon as you find it. Here you go. I'm going to... If you enable screen sharing, Philip, I'll play it for y'all. By the way, it's not a song. It's a skit. I need you guys to remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah. I can't believe you wasted, wasted these people's time, Dan. <laughs> like these are these are wow. talented individuals. <laughs> I can't believe you guys They're are such shade. a. How many of you guys actually sat and listened to that? <laughs> you have no self-respect. Wow. The violence. The context was there was a, a news article after the Zim Hip Hop Awards and they were like, wow, this was so bad. You know, they were sitting in, in, in Pablo. In fact, the exact quote is they were sitting like orphans in Pablo's <laughs> because, you know, and they couldn't afford the and beers. Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> anyway, I regret making this song because people were very angry. <laughs> well, one person. Understandably <laughs> so. <laughs> one person was very angry. <laughs> my life was in danger, Philip. You're laughing, but my life was in Who danger. Who was that? Who was? Come on. Oh, was he, was, let's, let's, was he let's, staying let's, true to his name? Was he staying true to his name? <laughs> let's, let's let sleeping dogs. I don't want any beef. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, guys. <laughs> Listen, um, when, when, does, uh, when does Balance officially drop, Freya? She said two weeks. Uh, balance drops in October 21. On the 22nd of. Almost right, Phil. Almost right. October twenty second. We're almost there. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm just reading yeah, the information. So on the, the, the information on the press package says October twenty one. Twenty one. Shame. Nah. They. They. They messed that up a little bit. Yeah. But it's. It's. It's October twenty second. So Great yeah. Guys. So which we song? already have some some singles out. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Go, I was gonna say, which song would you like us to 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 play for our audience so they get an introduction to you as an artiste? I'm going to let Mr. Kamara pick this one. Mr. Kamara, what do you think they should play? From the ones that are out right now? Um, I think do back it up. Uh, how did I know? How did I know? I thought you were going to say calculate. Check. I already had it cute. I, mean, I, was, I, mean, I already had it cute because I, I, I know I, I was ready to pick the one that Kamara didn't produce. That's where I was going. <laughs> so, yeah, guys. Uh, please let our... Uh, let our listeners know where they can find you on the socials. I can't Buna know where they can find you, don't worry. But, but Freya, where, where can our listeners find you on the socials? Um, on socials, it's Freya Music. So it's F-R-Y-A Music on everything. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. Renew Mr. Camera is at Mr. Camera. Yeah. If you if you're looking for camera, it's like the store where you buy the cameras but without the Z. Yeah. My, right. you might as well give Yo. them my address, my ID number. You can find example. him at, at 15 Dombo Shower Drive in, in Iraq. And he's on uh, number three, William Nicole in Santo. <laughs> 
Thank you so much, Frey. It was great to catch up with you. Kamera, as always, it's a pleasure. Um, yeah. When we are next in Joburg, I shall look for you, Mr. Kamera, please. No, I'm, I'm serious, though. I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll be there next week. I'll hit you guys up. Well, Kamera, I'll definitely yeah. hit you up. Oh, cool. so, yeah, come through, man. Come to the studio. We hang out. Sounds like a plan, my guy. Frey, I can't, can't wait to hear Blood and Fire on the new Game of Thrones. Um, this one. Yes, manifest it, man. Manifest mm. it. That's what we do. Positive happen. vibes. Yes. We've got a thing on the show. We Positive call the two BT bump. Anyone that appears on the show immediately after they they <laughs> achieve success. Before Camera came on the show, he was a struggling producer, and look what we did for him. Your career is just going to go from strength to strength. Trust and believe. We're taking full credit here <laughs> because of this interview from strength to strength, <laughs> and that's bump. why I did it. No, thank you guys so much, Shane, for for having me. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thanks, 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 Freya. It was good to see you again, and and Camera is always a pleasure. Feel, please willow the song. Ah, uh, standard. Bullet, bullet, bullet. Bucky top. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Bye. All right, guys. Thanks so much. Bye, right, guys. Bye. Thanks so much. We'll, we'll catch you on the socials, and we'll be in touch. I do. Dope. I just wanna give a fuck. Or it's up, I'll back it up. No long talk, I'll give it up. Boy, come here, come feel me. Now. I will lose control. Feel it in my soul Give you the tightest hold Boy, you know I will lose control Feel it in my soul Give you the tightest hold Back it up on you 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 Some of the some of the trending topics, Dan. Uh, let's see what, what's what. Oh, the Afrimas. We got to talk about the Afrimas once again. The two BT bump, best female in Southern Africa. Shasha. Um, in fact, let me load it up here. 
Did you see Black Yoda also got nominated? I mean, the 2BT bump. I mean, come on, guys. At this point, it's, it's a scientific certainty. Scientific certainty. Um, Shout out as well to, to, to the other Zimbabwean nominated there, uh, Tammy Moyo. Mm-hmm. So most yeah, promising artist. Oh, this is a t- oh, Dan, we, we've got a double hitter. On the most promising artist, we've got Arya Star. We've got Blackie. I mean, we've got look, Nasty look. C. I mean, I mean, come on. Oh, snap. We had Nasty C on this podcast not too long ago. I mean, I forgot about that. I mean, we out here. Come on now. Come on. We out here. Okay. okay the 2BT okay, okay, bump okay, okay, okay. Is, is, is as good as gold. You can cash that in. Like, if you're on the you show. You can take that to the bank. That's a loan. That's a loan surety right there. Just tell them, yo, I know things are down <laughs> for me right now, but I just got an interview with two broke chumbos. Things are about to pick up. Come on, give me that guap. <laughs> <laughs> Things are down right now, but they're about to pick up. Yeah, yeah. As, okay, we, um, um, as we record this, there's also the Jacaranda Music Festival. Um, by the time the episode comes out, depending on how quickly uh, our new editor, Nameless, uh, gets it done, you might be able to catch us on uh, the talk we're doing on Twitter Spaces with Miss Red and Plot Marco. I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Um, and then also this weekend, I, I'm very excited. I'm very excited. Um, did, did we get our tickets? Did, uh, did you manage to get the tickets for Checker and the Music Festival? Um, we need to follow up on that. Okay. We'll get our people to holler at their... Please do. Please do. Uh, because um, this, leads, this leads me to the next thing that we have to talk it's about. A, there's it's another a hard thing. thing to talk about. Um, right now, Makadzi is in Zimbabwe somewhere. I don't know where, but I need to find her. I, dude, do you know how many people are messaging me? Saying, Phil, where's Makadzi? Because they know. But I don't know where she is. Do you know how frustrating this is? My baby is here. So I don't know where she there's, is. There's obviously people, there's people you know you can ask. I mean, come on. You know? The people, the people that on, know, Philip. I asked them and they're blue ticking me. They're not telling me. <laughs> Look, <laughs> let me. When you're serious, you'll phone them, not message them. When you're serious. <laughs> the people aren't telling me. Something is going on. Um... Okay, something something that we need to address uh, quickly. Um, you know, it's it's never the right time to say goodbye. But uh, yeah, no, we we do have to let you know that uh, we are no longer uh, we no longer have Godwin as a producer. Mm. Um, he's moved good on times to, with Godwin. He's moved on to big and better things, and uh, we wish him well. Um, it was it was great. Um, yeah, I mean, and he was, he was, he was, he was part of, uh, I think uh, one of our biggest years, uh, if not the biggest year, um, he was, cer- he was certainly instrumental in that and we can't thank him enough and we wish him well, man. But yeah. 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 Hopefully, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll hear his, his sports updates again on the show at some point. That, that would, you know, yeah, as, as a correspondent. So that being said, we actually are looking to replace him. Uh, we are looking for producer. Um, it's looking more than likely to be a part-time role. Um, but I also need to replace I need to replace Godwin on 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 my agency side, so I'm also putting a, a job spec together for that. But for now, we're looking to replace Godwin on the podcast. So first and foremost, if you are a listener of the podcast, um, because that is very important, we need you to understand the dynamics of the show. And if you'd like to work on producing, which means booking interviews, um. Um, telling up our show notes, um, preparing content for the week and so forth, handing our social media. Please do get in touch. Um, please do so in a professional manner. Send your 
um, letters of interest um, or, or, or CVs to info at twobroketumbos.com. This is a paying position. Um, we are also looking for contributors now because I think it's time that we, we got back into uh, contributing um, for that role or roles because they're, they're, it's infinite, really. Um, for now, we're just looking for, for free submissions. If you're looking to um, get your writing or your reviews out or commentary on the music and entertainment industry um, out to our large audience of 220,000 people a month, please um, send in. Um, once again, your your articles and letters of interest, and we'll be happy to post your content on the the blog. Obviously, Dan and I will be editing it, so be prepared to see a lot of red lines. Um, but and we- curating it. I mean, some things might not even make it. Eh, we're going to set a high bar. Mm-hmm. We want we want people to really enjoy the greatest of things. Yeah. So yeah. But 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 ultimately. Um, it's a good thing. Yeah. So okay. Uh, I'm really. I'm really thing, happy. Like, things, like, first of all. Yeah. Like I said, it's it, 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 it's 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 like it's so hard to say goodbye. But I will say that I I am very eternally grateful to Godwin for helping us grow. Um, he was very instrumental in our biggest year, and it's going to take a a lot to fill his shoes. You know, he, he was he, he 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 even did a little bit of a following. You know, on on the podcast as well. So. Please, um, yeah, just just be prepared. Like, if you wanna if you wanna hop aboard the ship, um, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of rewarding work, and you you get to hobnob with this, the 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 glitterati and the celebs and so forth. Uh, but also be prepared to get your hands dirty. Uh, but yeah, um, sorry, Dan, continue. Yeah, yeah, no. So I, I was just gonna summarize what you were saying, um, into into two very simple statements. One, we are looking for a new producer for the show. So if you fancy yourself as someone who's very interested in this, uh, the things that we talk about and you want to be a producer, hit us up, info at twobroketimbos.com. And secondly, like Phil said, we are looking for contributors to articles on the website. Um, you can go to the website right now and see what it's like and see what things you could potentially contribute. And if you are interested, you can also hit us up on info at twobroketimbos.com. Right. Um, whew, Philip, there's a lot of music. I think. Wait, we don't even. You should pick. No, no. Let's let's. let's first and foremost, um, I don't know. Have you have you checked on your boo? Is she doing okay? Uh, boy, Tumelo. Listen, we need to stop making this joke. I know I'm the one who started the joke, <laughs> but it's been going on for way too long, way way too long, guys. I'm now in a relationship. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this Fair is it's fine. causing problems. Fair no, and fine, but no. Uh, um, for those of you that don't know, um, Boiti um, was uh, reportedly a victim of a, a stabbing, a bottle, a bottle attack um, over the weekend from uh, Bougie. Some of you when might you know. say a stabbing, when you like, say stabbing, Philip. Well, well, if you take a broken bottle, uh, accordingly, yes, the broken bottle was she was stabbed with the with shards of the broken bottle to her face, according to the reports. Is that he, not stabbing? He threw the bottle. He threw the bottle at her. Not stabbed her. Okay, so, so maybe the, rep- the one of the yeah. reports, are, or maybe I misinterpreted the report. Um, but yes, apparently she sustained um, some deep cuts and she needed stitchings, uh, stitches. Sorry. Um, so and she did she did tweet that she was doing okay, but but she was pursuing um, legal action. Um, for those of you that don't know, Bougie um, is a very flamboyant and outspoken um, personality who's hosted TV shows. So he's been on radio as well. Um, 
it's just been part of part of part, part, part of the the popular circles for quite some time. So, um, very very saddening. Um, and hopefully Boyty's doing okay. So, um, we know she's not listening, but you know maybe someone closer is, and you know sending positive vibes to her. Uh, why wouldn't she be? She might be listening. She at least knows of the existence of the podcast, so you know that's something. Um, she she did put up a post that she's uh, she she's uh, trying to find a way to heal now, and she doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Um, Bougie, by the way, uh, is out on bail because he was arrested over the weekend. Um, yeah, so uh, hopefully, hopefully, Boyty comes out of this okay. You know, we you know we love her on this podcast. Um, so yeah, Dan, I oh. think we, we've got to go to the TV segment now. Yeah, yeah. We've got it. It's okay. So Blood and Water, we, I think we've, we've delved into it the, on the music side. No, d- keep delving, uh, I, keep delving, guys. Once again, keep playing Blood and Water on repeat, please, guys. Okay? Okay, you're not only you helping... Squid Game? You're not only helping me, you're helping our guests. Okay? So just keep playing it on repeat. <laughs> okay? Okay, thank you, guys. Squid Game, yes, I Have visited you? this weekend. I did. I, uh, I, I, I couldn't stop. Okay, I haven't yeah. finished it. Wait, I'm how far? Episode, episode five. Ah, Dan, be serious with your life, my guy. I wish I had the time to just Wait, do you in think, one go. You, you think I have the? Do you know? Actually, I am. I am. I am okay, actually. Philip, I'm Philip, actually at the point read of the right code. Now. I'm not allowed to watch it on my own. Okay. <laughs> but we would, ah, but bless would be you. <laughs> no, let me tell you the trick. Let me tell you the trick. Let me tell you the trick. This is the trick. But okay, baby, baby, baby. I, I've never done this, baby. Okay, I've just heard about it. But let me tell you what happened. <laughs> so, if you're watching something, if 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 you if you and the missus have 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 an agreed upon, we watch this together show. But let's say she also has access to your Netflix, right? And you don't want her to see like the progress bar on on Netflix or the, or Disney Plus or whatever. What you do is you just download the show or you watch it on another platform. <laughs> And then when you watch it the second time, you just gotta be, oh, what? <laughs> I didn't see this coming. <laughs> May I know myself, Philip? May I be like those guys that used to record those bootleg movies? Like, watch this part, watch this part, watch this part. <laughs> <laughs> wait, so wait, how far have you gone? On episode five, what happens again? Episode, we just finished episode five. Um, the, um, the, the black mask guy just killed the doctor. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, spoiler, yeah, yeah. spoiler alert, spoiler alert. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, you can't say it afterwards. It's, nah, too we'll, it's too late. But anyway, <laughs> I, I I enjoyed the show. Um, how do I put it? Would you say it's the best show you've watched in twenty twenty one? No. This is what like it's a it's a great show. Do you know why? It's very enjoyable. Do you know? Do you know why? I, and I I know why. It's because. Americans control so much of popular culture and the zeitgeist, and Americans only consume American stories. So Americans, like the American stories, have been told and regurgitated for damn near a century. So there's there's really nothing new under the sun. Which is why they just keep remaking the old stuff. So when you have different cultures that provide a nuance or a new lens for you to see stuff in, it's completely new to Americans. But not really to the rest of the world, you know what I mean? Because all 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 Squid Game is 
is showing how gross capitalism is and how it demeans human beings, which is something that you and I have been discussing for quite some time, even on this podcast. So it's like, you know, the funniest part is, like I saw a tweet where some dude was trying to be fake deep and was like, yo, I think I'm crazy or something, but like, isn't Squid Game is just like how capitalism makes humans um, become immoral and dehumanizes them and makes them do things that they shouldn't wow. be doing. Well, you call me crazy. And then like, the funniest response was, and then someone was like, what, what else could it be, LOL? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that was my point. It's just like, because Americans have never seen capitalism questioned like that before. But it's always, it's always, it's always celebrated in American media. Yeah, but I enjoyed it. It's a good watch. Obviously, it's gory, but it's a very good watch. Um, I, I don't want to spoil it for you. It's a good watch, but it's not the best. I think that the, 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 there are a few plot holes here and there. Um, but as far as like a narrative, I, I enjoyed it. It was very good. It was a good show. I don't. I I think the only the the biggest negative I have is they clearly are going to try and do a season two, and I didn't want them to. I wanted this to be a standalone short short mm. short story. Maybe and, they'll do like a spinoff or and like they could, from the makers off. Yeah, no, but they they could have wrapped up the story in one season, but they didn't, and I'm very disappointed they didn't because within that I think that was the biggest that was the biggest disappointment for me is they could have wrapped it up, but they didn't. But capitalism gonna capitalize. So. Isn't that ironic? Isn't that ironic? <laughs> Isn't it? A... <laughs> okay, Philip. What I did have time for mm. was the goat. Mm. The goat. Tenderizer. I made the mistake of watching. Tenderizer and a chicken cutlets. Of... <laughs> <laughs> My man's came to negotiate for the release of the, the baby. baby? <laughs> I snorted, Phil. I snorted. <laughs> Dude, I died. Oh, okay. So Dave Chappelle released his uh, much-anticipated fifth Netflix special, The Closer. Um, it's on Netflix, of course. And for those of you who haven't really followed, Dave Chappelle has said some very outlandish things that have made very many people angry. Um, I and he was like, "You ain't seen nothing yet." (laughs) This this is the one where he was like, "Oh, you thought y'all were angry before." Wait until, so, so first, I, I've, I think many people who listen to this podcast will know that I've listened to, you know, I've been, I followed Dave Chappelle's career for many a year and Phil has as well. You know, I mean, he's one of the goats of comedy. There's three things I learned from this special. Number one, I can fully and completely understand someone who is offended and never wants to see this content ever in their lives. You know what? This is not one of those. This is not one of those situations where I'm like, ah, you're too sensitive. Ah, you need to lighten up. I'll be like, you know what? I get it. Fair, and I understand, mm-hmm. and that's fair. Mm-hmm. You are very right to feel the way you feel. I hear you, and I don't think you should try and convince someone. If someone, <laughs> I mean, if someone is offended, he said a lot of, you know, <laughs> potentially offensive stuff. But the second thing I learned, and it's a very important lesson that I also had to examine myself was. The entire time I was watching, I knew if anyone takes any clip of this show and puts it up on social media, it's going to be indefensible. But within the context of the whole special, there's a lot more nuance and understanding to it. Not that it excuses anything or anything like that, but it it tells a different story in the context of the whole special. 
But if most people will be offended by the clip, so they'll never watch the whole special. And it's something that he addresses in the special himself. Because, I mean, you know, he tells a story of this woman who, he's, who he thought or he said to her, did I come to you or did you come to me? So if you're offended by me and you don't like me, that's perfectly understandable. Don't come here. And I think, I think that's a, a fair thing to say. But yeah, so it made me think of all the times that I've taken a snippet or taken a quote or taken a, a sentence that was wrong. But perhaps in the context of the full story, there was more nuance to it. And it just reminds me that don't make an immediate judgment off of a small piece or a small, as bad as that small piece may be, the, whole, the context of the whole thing may tell a different story. Um, most of those people who are mad at the small snippets will still be mad at the whole special anyway. But I feel like certain things will make more sense. So, and <laughs> as expected, the next day on Twitter... No, the next but, day, but people twenty knew. second, thirty second clips. Yeah, no, yeah. but pe- people no pe- people know, and but that's part of the thing. Like you, you know how to rile people up, and I think the most brilliant joke that he told in that special was Space Juice. If you watched it, you know what I mean. And I was like, oh my god, Dave went there, and he went, and to me that was surprising because Americans are very sensitive, very scared of touching on that particular subject because for some reason discussing Palestine and its autonomy is a non-starter in America. It's made so sensitive. Like even people who read news are like, oh, we know this is sensitive. What are you talking about? Just say so, what the news and, is. And like, there's an article I shared with you um, and, and, and a few other people in, in that group that we're in. And it surprised me because the writer was black. It's an NPR review. And he calls that joke anti-Semitic. And I was like, what? How is this? And so what I try to do is I always try and like look at the other person's point of view. And there's as much as I try to understand, it made no joke because all he did, all if just you got to watch the special, but he just relayed events as they happened in an allegory. That's it. And in terms of outlandish statements, that was a funny joke. But in terms of outlandish statements to offend people, that was mild compared to some of the things he said and much later. So before this, this, this special was even announced, there was a comic. I need to actually find this video. It, um, do you watch um, com, um, com, com, Comic Sundays? Um, it's, a, it's an event in LA, but they always put the clips on YouTube. And they, they even do a live. Every Sunday, they do a live on YouTube. There's a, a comic that went there. So it's like um, it's, a black, it's, it, it's, a, it's a showcase for black comics. And there's one guy who went up there, and he, he was telling this joke of how his neighbor was abusing his girlfriend. It's a very touchy subject, right? Obviously, you, you don't want to laugh at domestic abuse. But the way he delivered the comedy was so precise. It was incredible. He's, he's walking this tightrope where you could easily fall. And it's no longer a joke. Now you're just being an abuse apologist. But it's got a great twist at the end of this joke. And I was like, this is brilliant. Because he's telling it from his perspective and he's explaining it. And at the end of the joke, you understand why he said what he did. Because, because like when you're in the joke, you're like, my man, where are you going? Where are you going with this? Oh my God, don't do that. Don't do this. But when you get to the joke, you're like, oh, I see where you're going with this. This is brilliant. This is genius. And that How many is what, times did you feel that during this special? And that's what Dave did this whole special. And I think partly, yes, I think Dave was extremely, has been offended by social media. And he's, and he's been upset because clearly his last four specials have been almost like a clapback to social media. 
So it that didn't, to me that shows a weakness in him, and that's the only flaw. It's like, okay, Dave, come on, like, why are you so sensitive about this? Like, come on, you know, chill. But outside of that, his ability to tackle difficult because he tackles a lot of topics in masterful ways. Where like on the surface it's just a funny joke, but when you stop and you think about it, you're like, wait a minute, he. He he just like he just exposed the hypocrisy of America in a very brilliant way, and I don't necessarily agree with all of his stances because and keep in mind Dave Chappelle is nearing sixty. He's a sixty-year-old black man who grew up in who grew up in in Washington D.C. So his worldview was going to be very different to my worldview, but I don't think it's it's his worldview is motivated by hate. I might not necessarily agree with everything, but I don't believe it's motivated by hate. So that's the, that's the third lesson I learned. And that was, this is art. And he again addresses it. He's like, listen, I put art out there. You guys can interpret it how you want, but that's not what I was... I can tell you right now that I don't feel whatever you're putting on me. Dave Chappelle is a comedian. Why are his words taken as if he's a lawmaker or a politician of some kind? I... Even even right now, what you're saying, Dave Chappelle's stance. What stance? He was telling jokes. We can, to a certain extent, deduce what he really believes. But even then, you're not really sure of that. He's telling jokes. That's his thing. If a movie comes out about slavery, you know, most of us appreciate that this is an art piece about this topic. Yes, there was some violence in there. Yes, there was a racist man in there. But it's an art piece. The person who acted that out is acting it out. The story, even though it put a lot of emphasis on this racism, even though it might offend some people, even though some people feel triggered watching it, it's an art piece. Comet, that's what comedy is. It's art. Why, why is it taken as a statement of fact or a stance or a public? It's, it's a joke. It could be an offensive joke. That I understand. But I disagree with Dave Schiff. What do you mean you disagree with him? He told a joke. Did it, was his joke offensive? Okay, that's fine. You think his joke is offensive, you're not happy with it. I understand, that's great, right? Not I disagree with his stance or his beliefs. He's not up there sharing his beliefs. He, he didn't write out some memorandum of, oh, this is my manifesto as the political party of Dave Chappelle. You don't agree with a joke. How do you agree with a joke? Do you get what I mean? Yes, his jokes contain political views in some cases, but again, we'd have no way of telling if that's what he actually believes or if it's a joke, apart from watching his life and so on. But that's separate. We are looking at this piece of art directly in front of us. And that's, I think that to me, that's, that's something that I, I, every time I saw someone complain, I was like, it's okay to be offended or unhappy with the joke and not think it's funny, right? Absolutely, I get it. Okay. I don't understand why you would disagree with his political view. What political? He's it, he told a joke. Look at you caving for your hero. He told a joke. Either it's a good joke or it's a bad joke. Either it's a good movie or it's a bad movie. Right? Either it's a great song or it's a bad song. Captain, disagree with the lyrics. What? How many times did you watch the special, Phil? Um, I didn't even finish it. It was, oh, it was so tough. <laughs> um, so tough to okay. finish. Uh, oh. 
Anyway, I couldn't even finish it. I I want I want people to get out of. You see, sometimes we react to something. You know what? You can't police how people react, and you know they're all affected by things in different way. But I, I, speaking from personal viewpoint, I think it's so much better to not immediately react in high emotion, and to objectively decide if something's good or bad. If it's bad, it's bad. Great. Not everything's good for everyone, and you can. You can absolutely, you have every right to say, I don't like this. I don't want it in front of me. I just don't understand why you would start picking apart his statements and then going to history books and dictionaries and encyclopedias to show why that statement is wrong. What are you talking about? He put words together to try and make people laugh. That's what he does. It's a joke. How are you looking at it trying to convert it into history or this particular part was inaccurate because if you actually look at the constitution on, you know, line or the subsection, well, I mean, get a... Anyway. Dan, so, yeah. you're so angry, Dan. Why are you so angry? Those were the three things. Who hurt you? Look, Phil, I'm already missing, I'm missing a video call. That's time for my, my evening call. Mm, evening call or evening check-in? <laughs> Before lights out, <laughs> evening check-in. Uh, you better be at home. <laughs> uh, the, the warden, the warden needs to make sure the inmate is in the cell. <laughs> That's a joke, baby. Um, he's joking. I don't, I don't agree with the joke that Phil has made. It's <laughs> inaccurate. <laughs> That's what you call a callback. Um, <laughs> anyway, in my opinion, okay, maybe it's just recency bias. But that's Dave Chappelle's magnum opus. That was masterful. It was, my mind was blown. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. Do you know? Do you know? What I'd love to see. I'd love to see a comedy versus with Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr. Phil. I love him, but goat status has never been applied to Bill Burr. I love Bill Burville. You know I love Bill. I love him. I love him. But we it's not fair. <laughs> it's not fair. We can't do that. No, but everyone acknowledges, like all, all the comics acknowledge, yes, Dave is the goat because the way because of the way he's able to craft new material. Keep in mind, like Dave has dropped six specials in what, four years? My man my man called himself the Magic Johnson of coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> I snorted. <laughs> I'm getting strong every day. <laughs> I got <laughs> yo, and then like <laughs> the, the thing, <laughs> the thing that Dave does so masterfully is he'll he'll throw out a random statement, and you're like, "What does this have to do with it?" And then five minutes later, he'll bring it out like. I've been watching videos of 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 black people getting beat, you know, Asians getting beat up by black people. And then you're like, what? <laughs> Goat status. The other thing. Oh yeah. So just further to my point, I do believe comedians should be protected. I think if you are, I, I've modified my stance. I once believed that. Comedians should be allowed to make jokes about anything. Um, I've slightly modified it to comedians should be allowed to make jokes about anything as long as it's funny. Because um, if it's not funny, then you're just offending people. Then you shouldn't be allowed. Get out of here. Um, but then again, funny is subjective. So, you know, 
make of that what you will. But I don't think anything should really in, I don't think there's a single topic that should be off bounds. The most heinous, disgusting thing that you can think of, the most, the worst of humanity, there can be a joke made about it. It has to be told the right way. Um, you know, it, it, it shouldn't, it shouldn't um, cause further harm to victims um, to a reasonable extent. But I don't, I don't believe there's any topic that's absolutely off limits to make a joke about, right? But then again, that's my thought. And people can have different thoughts. It's fine. Anyway. Um, you, no, uh, let's play some new music. Let's do some, let's do some quick fire music. Dan, did you listen to this new Pro Beats produced by Versless? The, the full album? No, no, no. The full This is just EP, before I go just the one song. Yeah. But the full album. Yo, Pro Beats is, is uh, quickly becoming one of the most prolific uh, rappers out here, man. He dropped it the week that Natty dropped. Golden fingers. I wanna have some money. I wanna live the good life with my name on the high end and my face on the headlines. I wanna have some money. I wanna have it all. I pray to God I don't lose my soul tonight. Just gotta have it all. Any songs you wanna play there, Dan? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I I really like this this uh this new Joe Boy. Mm. Let's go. Came out this week. Alcohol. Blessings follow my heart Blessings stay for my heart uh-huh. 
they like a dad He go be, he go see, he go feel Because the blessings follow my heart Blessings follow my eye, yeah, yeah. That's why they got set fire for us I don't wanna reason bad things no more I don't wanna go back to where they before Make nobody stress me, don't disturb me, cha 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 Sounds like a banger. Yeah, yeah, but there's people already doing weird TikTok challenges to this where they, they're basically dousing themselves in all kinds of fluids and cooking oil and tea and whatever. I, I don't get it, but that's what's happening. Uh, also, Jim, oh, you got one? Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, our, our, our comrade and friend, Blake, with the song with Blitzky. the with Mad Money. Hello, this is another bang. Yo, he has not missed. He does not miss. Bongo go lo go lo go to sleep. Papo kene bang pala ni fi. Oh, gwenzele. Sifu sabalele. Bakolele. Aren sajele. Bakolele. The song actually dropped last week, but the video dropped today, just before we, uh, a couple hours before we started recording. Actually, this is Gemma with her next foray into dance hall, but like a slower version, you know. It's called My Tabasa Baba. Washika muna mato edu Manzwa kuche makwedu Mapindura muna mato edu Marwa hondo zedu Tiri kushaina nemi Baba tiri kufamba nemi Nzimi mwari wedu nzimi Hakuna mungwe wakaita semi Maita basa baba Maita basa baba Maita basa baba Pamati shita pamati yambuza I love Gemma, but <laughs> Shauna sparks me as well, though. Shout out to her. <laughs> Shout out to Gemma. So I think this was written by, by uh, Enzo Aishel and uh, just dropped another colorful video as Gemma regularly does. I think this is going to be a huge hit for her. It's another one that's popping off on TikTok, by the way. It's created a challenge of people posting up their successes. And, you know, Maita Basa Baba. Um... Philip, please, please, please release me. <laughs> yes, then I let you go. Um, I think let's play out with Calculate from uh, Freya and Mr. Kamara. And we will reconvene at a later date, if not sooner. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for the love that you show to us. Please, as usual, two broke twimbles on everything. If this episode comes out in time and you hear it before Thursday evening this week, um, we are doing a Twitter Spaces together with Jacaranda Music Festival uh, and Miss Red and Plot Marco. Very exciting discussion about the future of pop music in Zimbabwe. So, um, y'all tune into that one. Um, otherwise, just stay lo- stay stay in touch with our social media. And then we let you know everything that's happening. Um, two broke twimbles on everything. My name is Danny. That guy. This is Phil Chad on all the social medias. Yep, yep, yep. That's it. And uh, yeah, don't forget. It's never too uncomfortable to have those tough conversations. Just they're not tough conversations. Just call people out. 
Um, let's make the world a safer, better place. All right, boys and girls, thank you so much. And we'll uh, catch you in the next... Oh, tubrooklimmers.com forward slash donate, please. Yeah, please, oh can yeah, we have oh some yeah. more patrons? Yeah, 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 yeah. We need, we need patronage. Yeah, yeah. Big runeta, guys. Yeah, but anyway. Um, yeah, so we'll catch you in the next one. Um, signing out again with our guests from today, Freya and Mr. Kamera. Uh, love the work that they're doing. And uh, we'll catch you in the next one.